Monday. Good morning, everyone. Feels so good to be back. Forgetting how to do everything. 
Gonna pull this one back up. This is the voice of Patrice Roberts. Tender is the name of the track. Monday morning once again to everyone logged on and listening. Yes, I was out of commission, enjoying myself. <laughs> Hope y'all had a wonderful time as well. Hope y'all had a wonderful weekend. It's time to take on a new week. It's the last Monday in the month of March. We continue to honor women as we continue to celebrate Women's History Month. It is Move It Monday, as always, we do it in Soka Stali. If it's your first time logging on to JanoRadio.com and QMZRadio.com, I want to say thank you. This is what we do every Monday. Every Monday, it's all about Soka. It's been so long, I haven't seen you all. So long. Feels good to be back. A little rusty, <laughs> but I'm back.
feels that long, I must say. Long time, they know why we have us aligned. Let me change case, they look fine. Look how you're looking fine. I thought you're hiding. I thought you went for it. Look how things happen now. Look how things happen now. So let me hug up and squeeze you. I don't even want to leave you. I don't know when we'll bounce up again. So let me take a little thing until then. And them. When last they did talk to you, so long I had talked to you. Go funny, you're in my sight. Didn't know you was here tonight. It looked like you're doing alright, like money running real nice. I thought you hiding. Gonna squeeze in one more from Patrice Roberts, and then we're gonna go ahead and let you know what we're gonna be talking about today. Headlines from around the world.
gotta say good morning good morning good morning good morning to all of our listeners around the world logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com and johnoradio.com of course i gotta say good morning to my studio audience courtesy of clubhouse it is monday 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 yes monday march 27 the last monday in the month of march it is also move it monday and as always we do it in soca style we're continuing to honor women as we are yes still in women's history month it ain't over yet thank you so much for joining me for coffee in tow world news on the go we do this every monday through friday 9 a.m to 1 p.m eastern this is where i read the news and we share our views here's what we have coming up for you today in the caribbean corner caribbean nationals apprehended an immigration sweep there is also a regional rally for better working conditions for junior doctors nearly a dozen cases of kidnapping in port of haunts this sunday out of jamaica wholeness administration's compensation review process Built on PNP ideas, says Crawford. And NWC cracks down on illegal connections in St. Elizabeth. Police identify the woman that was killed at a wedding in Negril. Out of Latin America, Cubans vote in legislative elections with all eyes on turnout. Honduras cuts ties with Taiwan and opens relations with China. Oh boy. On the international scene as the u.s tries to continue to secure some kind of footing u.s vice president kamala harris in africa to boost ties and china's rich flee crackdowns for asia's switzerland singapore all right in news out of north america mississippi tornado recovery tough for low-income residents we're gonna have the details of these stories and so much more and and of course always great conversation coming up after a little bit more music keep it locked there is patrice roberts and marsville give it to ya
Y'all had a wonderful weekend. Hope y'all didn't miss me too much. I missed you. Well, I, I can't lie. But I did appreciate the break. Got some rest. Had a good time. Ready to take on the day. Take on the week. Them does hunt them on, but if we do the same thing, we're wrong. They call it we baddest all over town. See them one, one gal, two gal, three gal, four. Hey. It's like them men just greedy for more. Hey. And if I get an next man, I gotta big up everyone. Logged on to johnoradio.com. Don't forget to go ahead and download that Jano Radio app. J A H K N O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Gotta big up everyone. Logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. And of course, what can I say? I have to say good morning again to my wonderful studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. Rosolo, Afo, Marlon, Donald, Virginia, Geely, Altada, Teflon, and Tasha. Good morning. We are back. Gonna squeeze in Nyla Blackman and Shensia with Badish. And then we're gonna go ahead and get started with the details. Yeah, why can't we balance the scales? Y'all want many women, why can't we have many men? <laughs> Alright, anyway, let's go ahead with this one. Come on in. Thank you so much to everyone for joining me for Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Remember, you can follow me on TikTok, Moments with Me Media, 
on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on Twitter, me media moments. And the mean everything is MI. I am back in my zone and it sure feels good. We're going to go ahead and get started with our stories. It is 25 after the top of the hour. If you have somewhere to be at the bottom, you have five minutes to get there. Please do so safely. First up, we're kicking it off in the Caribbean corner. And yes, my theme song is missing. Okay, let me just be honest for a quick second. My brain is still on vacay mode. So certain things I haven't put in order. I'm like, okay, hold on. What's missing here? But anyway, anyway, we'll we'll get it. We'll get it as we move right along. <laughs> Teflon, what's up? You miss you, you know. Like, <laughs> why do you have to leave us? <laughs> I need to we do it more often. We didn't, we, we didn't know where to go. We was all like in the hallway, just <laughs> stranded. We was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> don't have me cracking up. No, seriously, it was so bad. Yeah, I just opened a room and we had um, Javet. Uh, we had Donald. <laughs> we, we was just hanging in there because we didn't, we didn't have no moments <laughs> with me, you know. Yeah. All right, next time I'll maybe, take maybe, y'all maybe on vacation. <laughs> Share your, your holiday stories later. Listen, I, I, I wish I I went home, went home, went home. Thanks to Marlon, went home. Thanks for the surprise, Marlon. Went home, took it back to Jamaica, and let me tell you something: the U.S. is ghetto. <laughs> let me <just> <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. is ghetto, ghetto, ghetto. Y'all can keep the U.S. Oh my gosh, I don't care what y'all want to say, regardless of the stories that we might read. No way, no better than yard. <laughs> Let me just say that I had a good time. Didn't do much. That's the thing, though. Didn't do much. Um, got some rest, some well-needed rest. Uh, so I'm very appreciative for that. Didn't have to lift a finger much, except on Saturday and Sunday. That was it. Um, that was it for the rest of the week. It was sleep, eat. <laughs> into whatever needed to be done um for those of you who chastise me i got i went to the dentist (laughs) it's way cheaper than going in the states i'll say that um but yeah i I had some good food organic food truly organic food uh spoke to some cows had a conversation with some cows you know Um, but yeah had fun, went into Kingston. I, for the first time, I went to the Bob Marley Museum. What an experience that was. Imagine, I lived in Kingston for a while. Go ahead, go ahead. Who's that? Afo? Oh, this one's a grand Good rising. morning. What's happening? I'm, good. I'm just going to agree with her. My wife said that all the time. Um, hey, America is ghetto. She don't understand. <laughs> I, she says, like, probably cause persons just watch TV and then show them a certain thing and them just believe that it's all you know what i mean and t- but she she's like hey look i live here all my life <laughs> so i'm telling folks over here is ghetto you can't have it 
You know what I mean? She talk about leaving here all the time, you know, going somewhere else, whether to Jamaica or the Caribbean or wherever she feel. But she's like, yo, America is ghetto. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so she understands my Oh, yeah, level. trust me. And my, my understanding too. Coming over here as well was like, was like, oh, damn. You know what I mean? So I to see certain stuff. You know what I mean? Had my first racial encounter yesterday. Ooh, you know what I mean? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Police got called, all that type of stuff. So, it, it, yeah. Yeah. It's an experience, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, it feels good to be back. Uh, I'm so jealous. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> good morning. I'm so jealous. Y'all must understand how I'm happy for her, but oh my gosh, my heart right now, because I know where you were, and I just need some of that love into Oh gosh, I'm so happy for you. I'm glad, I hope you're rested. I yes. hope you enjoyed and yes. just sucked up all the beauty of what we call home or where we call home. Yes. yes. I'm so happy you got to go home. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. All right, I'm off. I'm off. Listen, Marlon, Marlon was offered the, um, he was offered an invitation to stay, but I was told I can't stay because I'm trouble. Logism. Oh gosh. I know I can stay. I don't give any trouble. So I don't have any problem. Marlon, Good boy. Good behavior. Good behavior. Good <laughs> yeah, I was told I need to go back where I'm coming from. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Still not learning, are you? Still no, I'm not, not learning. learning. No, I'm not learning. You know, still have yeah, a lot to Go back to into learn. the pasture with the coes. <laughs> Those are my friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. What Rosola is talking about. So, um, I took a picture. Or did I send you the video? I'm having a serious conversation with four cows. So... In one of um, the pastors around our house, a man asked my mom if, she, you know, he could put his cows there. She told him, sure. So, you know, I was like, you know, you might as well turn it into an Airbnb for cows. Because he even put a refrigerator <laughs> in the pasture for the cows to have cool water to drink. Okay? Don't play. Jamaicans are something else. But... Um, Friday morning was hilarious for me, at least, because the man's cows broke down some fence and went into a farmer's plot of land and destroyed some of his crops. So he comes to my mom and I tell my mom what happened. And she's like, you say the cows are so smart, right? Why didn't you tell them they should know not to go over there? And he said to my mom, but I tell them all the time and them understand. I was like, what the heck? But anyway, Jamaica is nice. Whenever you get the chance, go into the marketplaces and talk to the locals. Have conversations with them. That's one of the things I enjoy doing when I go home. Um, going into the markets and talking to people at the grassroots level. Um, Marlon had a conversation with one vendor, a man. And, you know, we sit here and we talk about lack of opportunity. That's not the issue. Not for young people. It's not lack of opportunity. It's a blatant refusal to work. He was referencing a story about a man in his district where the grandson is plotting with his friends to kill the grandfather for money. 
The grandfather is a farmer, evidently makes a decent living. And that's, that's the trend with the young people. So it's not about lack of opportunity. It's a matter of being lazy. That's what it is. I'm not saying the pay is the best. I'm not saying that. But for example, in many country parts, people actually live in homes that are paid for, that were built one block at a time over a period of time. So there is no mortgage. There is no rent. So if five people are living in a house, earning an income, even though it may not be what we truly desire, you all can make it work. Y'all can make it work, folks. It can work, you know. And um, I think we're, we are hung up on wanting more, 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 and not appreciating what we actually have. If we all just stopped for a second and took an account of what we have, available to us we would see how blessed we are if we start being more grateful for what we have you'd be surprised how much more will flow into our life into our lives i should say yeah well said, well said. yeah 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 um, moments, I've just, i don't know if you're going to discuss this article but i'll send you i'll send you back channel okay let me pull it, let be, me pull I, think, it up. I, I think it would be a, a very good um, oh yes it is coming up it yeah. is coming up and it, it's in our believe it or not be. segment it is yeah, yeah, yeah. it's truly distressing and what teflon is really referring is. to really is. is the facebook live murder you know, and when, when you, and I don't want to get into it because I have to knock out Caribbean Corner first, but you know, Teflon, when I saw the, the article this morning, I was like, but yet we're talking about TikTok. We're talking about TikTok. People in Congress don't even know what the hell Wi-Fi is and how Wi-Fi works. The questions they were asking um, the CEO of TikTok they wouldn't even give the man a fair ch chance. Exactly. Yeah. Did you, did, you, did you listen to all of it? I didn't listen to all of it because it was frustrating. Oh, my God. It was. It, I felt like there was bullying him as well. Like, they weren't even letting him finish. Yeah. They kept on talking over him. They was asking so many questions and they wouldn't let him finish. So you see why the U.S. is ghetto? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can keep this country. We, we have a long way. I, I found it very embarrassing, Teflon. Extremely embarrassing. You're blaming TikTok. You know, but we're going to get into it. Let me go ahead and kick it off in the Caribbean corner. We don't have a lot of stories here anyway. So <laughs> we have more time to talk about that later on. Okay, so Caribbean nationals apprehended in immigration sweep. Story courtesy of Caribbean.lootnews.com. Oh, before I forget. If y'all get the chance to go to the Bob Marley Museum, go. It was truly an experience. I enjoyed it, but I, I'll talk more about it later on. The United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, ICE, says officers from its enforcement and removal operations, Philadelphia, apprehended several Caribbean nationals among 21 non-citizens identified as having been convicted of felony rape, sexual abuse, 
sexual exploitation, unlawful possession of or use of a firearm, drug distribution or trafficking, or driving under the influence. On Friday, ICE said the nationals were released from incarceration on parole or placed on probation into communities under supervision during a nationwide enforcement effort between March 4 and March 13. ICE said those arrested included a 28-year-old citizen of Haiti residing in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, who was convicted in April 2022 of misdemeanor indecent assault on a person less than 16 years of age. In addition, ICE said a 24-year-old citizen of Jamaica residing in Chester, Pennsylvania was also apprehended. He was convicted in March 2022 of felony criminal possession of a firearm. New Jersey also arrested a 40-year-old citizen of Trinidad and Tobago residing in Teaneck, New Jersey. He was convicted by the U.S. District Court in the Southern District of New York of felony conspiracy to distribute controlled substances, felony narcotics, sell, distribute, dispense in November 2022. And the list goes on with more from Jamaica and other islands this is ridiculous i said this group had uh 100 this can't be right well in the fiscal year of 2022 right ice and Eero arrested 46,396 non-citizens with criminal histories ice said this group had 198,000 498 associated charges and convictions, including 21,531 assault offenses, 8,164 sex and sexual assault offenses, 5,554 weapons offenses, 1,501 homicide-related offenses, and 1,114 kidnapping offenses. Wow. Next up, regional rally for better working conditions for junior doctors. The story courtesy of Barbados.loopnews.com. What started in the walls of the Parliament building earlier this week has become a regional rally for better working conditions for junior doctors. Senator Dr. Crystal Haynes, during the debates on the appropriate bill 2023 on Tuesday, March 2020, I'm sorry, March 21, spoke of the insane hours junior doctors at the state-owned Queen Elizabeth Hospital were working, with some doctors working 30-hour shifts. As she called on government to regulate working hours and end long work days, Dr. Haynes highlighted that the long shifts came at the cost of possible medical errors. Of course, what can you say? Because people are fatigued. Is it that they're short-staffed? Well, if it's short-staffing is the issue, means you have to look into the reasons why there is a staff shortage. Well, of course, we know the number one reason is usually money, right? But um, it's not good. What if, what if one of those doctors is called into an emergency surgery? Now that patient is at the mercy of this doctor who is tired, exhausted, and suffering from fatigue, right? Got to fix that. On to Haiti for our next story. So 
waiting for that to translate. In the meantime, we'll go ahead and jump on over to Jamaica. Story courtesy of the nationwide radio jm.com wholeness administration's compensation review process built on pnp ideas says crawford okay by the way anybody heard the speech that uh, lisa hannah made regarding the sellout of jamaica anybody saw that one i couldn't agree with her more we have too many outside investors. Our resources are being roped off and privatized. And if everything is privatized, what do the locals have to use? I understand that public facilities require maintenance and with you know to maintain these properties, it comes at a cost. So do what they do here. You pay for parking or you pay for access. And you use that to service the beach, to keep it clean. Because one thing I will say, and I, I must say this, Jamaicans, do better. You have one group of Jamaicans who are very clean and another group of Jamaicans who, come on now, get it together. Just throw their garbage and little which is downright nasty. I'm sorry, there's no other way to put it. Take pride in your communities. Take care of our beaches. And that could be the reason why they're quick to privatize because we're not taking care of what we have access to. If we want to maintain access and we want to have a leg to stand on, we are going to have to show them that we know how to take care of what is ours. We know how to keep it clean. We know how to dispose of garbage in the um, receptacles that are there. And if they're not there, tie up your garbage and take it with you. But we are losing our country to international investors who at the turn of a, the dime are shipping their funds back out. She was very eloquent, very emphatic, very detailed, very poignant with her statements. She wasn't speaking, in my opinion, she wasn't speaking from the perspective of being a, a, a JLP or a PNP, and we all know her affiliation is with the People's National Party. She was speaking as a concerned citizen of a country that has so much potential so much but we don't see the potential for our own people we see it for others so what are we going to do about it what does the current administration plan to do are they going to listen several protests have been held island-wide over the years about the privatization of natural resources the limitation of access. So I will have to ask the wholeness administration, are you going to listen to the people? It's time for us to start listening. I understand that we are on the path 
of um, changing the trajectory of the country. It's tough, yeah. And you, you know, the, the the sad part in having a conversation over the weekend. The sad part is that Holness is doing a good job. I can't knock him. He is performing. It's just that it's so unfortunate that he has people around him who make bad judgment calls and bad recommendations. And things are not thought through thoroughly. Go ahead. But doesn't he have the final say? You would think. You would think. You would think. You would absolutely think so. But I understand too, um, Teflon, that when you have the final say in a lot of things, it can become a burden. So we try to delegate. And we, we trust that those we put in positions to handle certain sectors, hence why we have the various ministries, as with all Caribbean islands and throughout the world in politics, everybody's responsible for some particular task and seeing to it that it is, you know, handled, managed effectively. But I'm saying, going to say this, if the same people keep making the wrong judgment calls, can't we remove them or have them step aside or reassign them or something and have them replaced? Because it means that they're inefficient. They lack the capability to function effectively. But hey, what can I say? All right, so opposition Senator Damian Crawford says the government's compensation restructuring efforts are built on the ideas of the People's National Party. Speaking on Nationwide at 5 Friday evening, Senator Crawford expressed that the current compensation review scheme should not be categorized as solely a JLP achievement since it was a creature. I think they meant to say creation of the PNP government. He, ver- he further stated that the ruling Jamaica Labour Party's current fiscal discipline policies are being painted as new ideas when the PNP should be credited for conceptualizing the targets used. I get it. I get it. You know, everybody wants to be recognized for their input In his estimation, this reflects a failure on the part of the media to give due regard to the achievements of the People's National Party, and in particular, Portia Simpson Miller. I have a soundbite for him, if this will work with me. Listen, my brain is still in vacation mode, y'all, so I am very sluggish with remembering how to (laughs) pull things up. Please forgive me. But um, yeah, I have it here. I'm going to play his soundbite. Um, in particular, was um, with the People's National Party 2015. Um, and the approach and timeline, had we won, it would have been the same. If you ask most Jamaicans, especially younger Jamaicans, they may really feel that fiscal discipline started with the current government, um, Nigel Clark, etc., and that they are the ones who set the target. Um, it's a feeling of those who carry the news and try to suggest that the JP are the owners of it. If it was that the PMP was rightfully advertised as the owners of it, 
then it would then be easier to sell the story that, um, okay, if PMPs are owners of it, are, are the owners of it, then the person who was in power or the leader at the time is the rightful patron or, or matron of, of the, the achievement. But the, the media um, and paid influencers have tried to suggest that Honest, who actually called it um, a sellout, um, is, is, is the owner of it. <laughs> yeah, give give credit where credit is due. But I think this is an opportunity for people to find more value in working together, regardless of which side of the aisle you are on, whether you're JLP or BNP. Work together for the benefit of the country. Because we all stand to benefit. No, so We all live there. So we're all going to benefit from the decisions that are made. I think there needs to be more integration. There needs to be more exchange of ideas. Because the truth is the PNP doesn't have all the answers. The JLP doesn't have all the answers. But I think maturity can be displayed if they can show the country and its citizens, say, hey, listen, we know how to work together. And I think that will be instrumental in us moving away from this diehard mentality. And no matter what good another party has done while being in office, we don't pay attention to that. We only hold on to the ones we support. It's time for us to shift to the way we think. Because that diehard mentality is not really going to get us much further. I think in some ways it is holding us back. It is okay if you are a PNP supporter to laud the efforts of the JLP when they are right and vice versa. JLP um, supporters, if the PNP has done anything that is recognizable, that is commendable, give them their, their um, applause. Let us not be so um, resistant to embracing each other. And I think that, you know, we, we always talk about politicians needing to set an example agreeably and not to go too far down a rabbit hole. But I have to agree that the remarks that Dr. Nigel Clark made about Massa were wrong. Okay. Decades ago, P.J. Patterson made a statement, which was also wrong. When he said, black man time, no. Creating or further creating a divide in the island. But that happened decades ago. Let's move past that. This is 2023. How long now has the JLP been sitting in office? You're far too intelligent, Dr. Clark, to be talking about Massa Mark. That, ha that type of um, language has no place. Not when you are a leader. When you have people looking up to you. Hanging on to your every word. So if you're doing it 
What's the message you're sending? What is the message you're sending? When we, you know, they have a saying, to whom much is given, much is required. When you set out to take on certain roles in society, understand the responsibility that comes with it. Understand that you are held to a higher standard. More is expected of you. Yes, we understand you're human. Yes, we understand you're going to blunder. Yes, we understand you're going to make mistakes. But catch yourself. And if you're not able to catch yourself and others point out to you where you went wrong, apologize. And I think that is something a lot of leaders struggle with. Being able to apologize. Why is it so hard? I can respect you more when you can stand up and say, you know something, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Suffered a moment of weakness. Got too caught up. Was feeding into a narrative. Say something. But you can't be wrong and strong. You know, I don't know. I, I probably am missing something, but I did not appreciate that comment. I think that's shame on you for that, Nigel Clark. I don't know if you have apologized since. I hope you have. All right. But we have to be careful the things we say and understand the ripple effects. NWC cracks down on illegal connections in St. Elizabeth. Story courtesy of NationwideRadioJM.com. The National Water Commission is reporting that it has removed several illegal connections from a St. Elizabeth network. According to the NWC, the illegally connected pipes were removed earlier this week and were being used to extract water for both domestic and commercial purposes, with one connection being used to supply a farm and another being used to supply a car wash service. Reportedly, up to 17 illegal connections were removed from a single breach, leaving the pipeline riddled with holes. The connections were made to the pipeline using implements such as two-inch wastewater pipes and irrigation hoses. The NWC has recently ramped up its revenue recovery efforts across the country, prosecuting three persons for water theft in St. James in the past week. The company says it will continue revenue recovery exercises in the coming week and is encouraging persons to get a legally connected water supply in order to avoid legal action. Yeah, do better, people. And if you're in the country, most people have tanks. If you don't have a tank, build a tank for your farm or purchase one of those, the black tanks you know that we see all over. Yeah, your farm is your business. Set it up properly. You don't want to know that you're making a little money from your farm and then you have to turn and take your money and give it to, to people because of an illegal connection. It's time for us to start doing things the right way, especially if you say you're in business. And farming, it is a business. It is a business. And by setting up your things correctly, it will help you to price your goods properly. Have true accounting come into play. All right. So clean that up.
Next up, police identify a woman that was killed at a wedding in Negril. A woman is dead and two men are nursing gunshot wounds after a wedding turned deadly in Negril, Westmoreland. And that happened on Saturday evening. Dead is 31-year-old Rashima Senior from Riverside District in Hannibal. It is understood that the deceased is related to the couple who were getting married. It's understood the two injured men were employed as photographers. Reports are armed men approached the wedding on a motorcycle. The event was being held at a hotel in the resort town. Has anyone heard which hotel it is? Because I'm yet to hear which hotel it was being held at. I think they're trying to keep that hush-hush. And I understand for publicity purposes and not to create an alarm. Um, One of the men reportedly alighted from the vehicle on a road close to the nuptials and opened fire through a fence, sending the guests scampering. The Westmoreland police are investigating the incident. There has been a slight reduction in murders in Westmoreland up until March 11 this year. According to the latest statistics available from the constabulary, 18 people have been murdered in Division 9, less than the 27 homicides in the parish over the similar period in 2022. So yes, there's a reduction, but it's still an alarming number. I don't know if the woman was the target. We don't know who the target was, but this was definitely something for hire. No ifs, ands, or buts about that one. This need for vengeance or reprisals and uh, when is it going to stop and when are we going to realize it's just not worth it? Because those of you who are carrying out the killing now, you have to live like a fugitive. Until one of two things are going to happen to you. Either you're going to get killed or you're going to get locked up. Which leads to the question, is the plan effective? The plan referring or referring to that of if they catch you with a gun, an illegal weapon, it's what, 15 years automatic, something like that? Is that even effective? I think we need ideas from the community, meaning the the country, the, the citizens, because the truth is government doesn't have the answers. The police, I mean, don't have all the answers. Let me put it that way. They're going to try different measures, SOE, state of emergencies. Those don't seem to be working. They're not as effective as we'd like them to be. The gun control law, not as effective as we'd like it to be. So what recommendations can the citizens of Jamaica make to curb this? For young people, and it's young people, young people. What is it going to take for them to understand that that life leads to nowhere? I know we've had a conversation here several times and we have said, we've, we've come to the conclusion that it's just live for today. There is no tomorrow. We have also had a conversation where, you know, the, there's a recognition of the mindset that 
They know their time is limited, so they don't really care because they don't care. Them just do what them do. And are we going to sit back and accept that and say, well, a psycho, a psycho? Are we going to be satisfied with that? What can be done to get through to our young people to have them understand it is better to have an honest living. Make your money honestly than live a life of crime. What recommendations can we put forth? I think we're burnt out. <laughs> I want to think we are burnt out. I was listening to, um, you know, they, they say that a lot of what's going on is tied to the dance hall music today. I was listening to an interview with Bounty Killer. Yeah. You know, and the comparison being made with Afrobeats and, um, and dance hall music. And he's, he pointed out something which I think is of concern to many of us. Lack of creativity. Lack of creativity. Too much, um, too many innuendos or, you know, you have to think too hard to understand. It's as though they're, they're um, what you call it, DJing in code. And you have to sit down and try to figure out what the hell they're saying. And he said, that is where um, Afrobeats has the edge. And he made reference, is it Burner Boy's song? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the tune right now, but I think y'all know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Catchy. Easy to understand. So we need to start being less technical. You know, I think the video, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's a clean video. Let me see if I can find it. And the truth is, he said this, and I do want to agree with him, that um, the there is a respect. Afrobeats has respect for dancehall, and dancehall has respect for Afrobeats. So nobody needs to be putting them up against each other. What dancehall artists need to do is clean up their music. I'm trying to find the video because, um, okay, so here it is. Bounty Killer on why Afrobeats has taken over the world and dancehall is still stuck in his country. Get, I'm TC. Get through this ad. Soul food with my family is very. Here we go. And this is courtesy of I Never Knew TV. Has a place on the international market with the emergence of Afrobeats. Hell yeah, Afrobeat has nothing to do with dancing. Afrobeat is another genre. Yeah, Afrobeat never came in competition with dancehall or came with intent to take something from dancehall. I don't know why people keep 
kept on comparing Afrobeat and dancehall. Why? Afrobeat is like a baby from dancehall. It's, it's a relative. Afrobeat and Jamaican music is, is similar music, African and Jamaican music. And I'm so happy, I'm so happy for Afro. Music originating in Africa from the Congo beat. I mean, Africa finally has a, has a sound. So I'm excited and Afro not taking nothing from dancehall. Afro compliments dancehall. See Nicki Minaj and Skengde all over. And dancehall beat is just the topics. Dancehall artists don't have any topics. They are stupid. They are singing some regional thing, some corner argument. They're not singing host old argument where every household understand what this means. Chopper arguments come up on corner, that not related. People can relate to that in every nation and every country. How far that goes? Fool, fool. People as I sing for around the road. So that's why Afro leaning, Afro have topic, Afro, all right, Afro don't even have no lyrics. Afro beat don't even have no lyrics. They have a lot of melody, groove, and topic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That a lyrics? No, it's a topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know what yeah, 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 yeah mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a topic and the melody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Style, melody, topic. Simple. Look into my eyes, tell me what you see. Can you feel my only palerics that you know? Comparing to where I'm going, yeah, 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 no. And yeah, 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 it's a big song, you know? Cause yeah, yeah, he's if he catch, you know, has so much lyrics. He does what, yeah, 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 yeah. One word with a lot of melody and the beat nice and full of style and go. We don't want nothing more Jamaican music to technical. Then the are type of thing and them are singing a metaphor like them read the wire when them are say, why are you singing to us in metaphor? You make it simply technical, not technically technical. This is how dancehall music is today. Technically technical. They are making this the songs like it's a test. You have to figure it out and puzzle it out. Nobody don't want to puzzle music. We want music to relieve our stress. We are giving music with stress out of the All we hear is a fight we hear because you are singing and your nose and all them something there. That a mash up dance all is the creativity. They are not creative anymore. Any little fool in the shop, one man want to get a ton in a song. How much nation you see a follow the little fool in the shop where you go sing? When you make the song, look on the nation and the world and talk to me. Don't look around the water, house or down the river, turn a color to bend, or see you, and I'll make me sound. That's dancehall problem. The topic. The topics are limited. No night chopper artist no big like Charlie Glass. Party animal! Everybody know about party. The word party big in a every nation. Which nation don't party? Simple. So that our artists them don't choose the topic right. The argument is regional and we are singing our own dialect and we are talking to the self. So the music there does go in the diaspora. You know, come out. What's killing me? Black, 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 black. And you need to say, that's how you catch it. Black, 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 black. No longer technical lie and foolish. 
simple. That's what the music want to go back to the simple. Why do you think the 90s dance hall is the best one? Then no one have like a technical something where I tell you if you do all these foolish. That's why 90s dance hall is the best one kind of telling a lie. It just talk to you and tell you the truth. It does free. No petticoat. So the artists, they are very talented, even more than we. Because the style them with them are used and different. Great, what we topic is stupid. We need to look in the world and choose a topic for suit we and them. We can look around Jamaica and choose a topic that we singing around here. So it's like all music selfish. It is not making for the universe, it's just making for the diaspora. It's like as far as Jamaican people there, and there's some music I make them. Because you are seeing just content that suits us. How many people know what chapa mean? People don't know what that means. Out of the dance where people think of grass here, chap. They don't understand <laughs> what chap means. They tell you it's a scam, because the world knows the word scam. And they know how much people are celebrating scam, because that's a criminal act. So it's like a, a, a we are singing, a criminal we are selling. Who beyond them fooling each day, we need to fix it. We can't come with them fool from top of them. So the slang something them, we don't go far. We want sang with universal topic or related argument. Household topics. Where every household understand and relate to. Then dance all we get back to where it works. But nothing wrong with dance hall. All dance hall I do lose the feel, the music, and the topic's not right. If we fix that and go, how you choose some better topic, dance hall is international now, you know. This is not 1996 or 98 when we are get it on the international scene. It's out there now. Every nation knows dance hall music. And another thing, Afro artists don't fight each other. There has no beef, no pasta. All they have is music and unity. Everybody are African. Dance all have too much segregation and too much conflicts. Those are some of the things we have to get rid of. Every Afro artist, record together, collaborate. We dance all artists, mm. segregate. Fight. So the strength of the music is against itself. It never comes together. Just like rap and pop, they all collaborate. Call it can call every big dancer and put them by one. Shock. We can't call every big dancer and put them by one. You mad? Cause they not they don't like a one and not fight fight that one. <laughs> so dance all this. And you know and tell you what. It's not just the money. No care how much money we have here, every dance allowed this time now go pan one really right now. Man up called Pride and Eve. Hip hop artists and them get paid them gone. They're no business after them and them and they have beef. So our artists them, them don't think for the music, don't stand them think for them own individual self. So everybody I do for themselves what them now do for the music. It's just like 1996, when me and Beanie, you know, the heart of a rivalry, 
Dennis Brown had a song. Do you know what it means to have a revolution? And Bulby called me and called me and said, one well, of the 12 go up on the song to the arrivals, you know, so I'm trying to make a song to call a truce. I'm never into being but me into the song because this makes sense with you and being never into me. But he was into the song because this is a situation that we want to diffuse. Because we did the interview on the radio and the TV with me in the morning when we were being on it because they said the kids that eat Dalton James and Prem Call primary was kind of flicking because Bounty and Beanie. So we go and we try to diffuse it on the television and then the producer said they want to make the song. And uh -uh, we never make it because we like each other or we care about each other. We are making it because situation occur and the music has to fix. So sometimes we have to put ego aside and do it for the music and the people. These artists don't do nothing for the music nor the people. Everything are for them one purpose and benefit. Jamaicans rather fight against each other than fight for each other. That's how we Jamaicans stay. Right now, if you go to the road and demonstration for Guan, no labor right now demonstrate because they must sell labor right in a power. So a man want to demonstrate for him party and not for him country. When rice raised and a chicken back or flour raised, PMP and GLP have to pay for that. So why wouldn't if you demonstrate a PMP or GLP if you demonstrate one of the whole that we have got through it? What's a Jamaica people stupid and stay? This is how we grow. We don't know what why. Jamaica people just fight each other. They don't like each other. Just going to night traffic, no one try to go. Not even a little past them, no one game, man. Jamaica people selfish. Mm. They don't help each other, babes. That's just Jamaicans. They rather fight against each other than fight for each other. I live it. I know them. That's a good topic. So let's talk about, like, for dancehall artists to, to learn how to to get better at their art and their craft. Is there any dancehall workshops, like how you'd have in the money would have building bands and stuff like that? Do they do any fraternity or schools that, that help? Jamaican have nothing, Jamaican have nothing. Then the government don't do nothing to music. They don't do nothing for music. Almost a industry insider would have come up and said, let's do that. But, but there is no support from minister, entertainment or culture. I mean, I know them name. They not them not do nothing about music like keep seminars or workshops, you no. Know? The conference keep what they are shaggy and Sharon work them keep it. But the government not have no input tonight. They them not do nothing for music or entertainment. Nope. We don't get no support. All right, gonna do a PTR refresh and take it from the top of the screen. Who wants to go first? Uh Sonette, I know you made some comments in the chat. And uh, he's very confusing with some things, yes, but I, I tried to sift through and pick out some very valid points. But I don't know if you want to go ahead first, Sunet, and then we work our way down. Mine is, uh, good morning, mine is really short. I think, one, he needs to know the history of Afrobeat. He is wrong there because that's not how Afrobeat is not just 2023 or 2022 and one song, yay, yay, yay. That was a problem. Mm -hmm. um, Afrobeat started many, many decades ago, probably pre-dance hall. I may be wrong there, but um, uh, Fela Kuti was one of the most famous Afrobeat artists. And he was around in the 
sorry, walking fast. That's okay. Late seventies <laughs> or early eighties. So that, his wrong there, and I, and that part was the first thing that, that stung me. Like, what the heck is he talking about? And then picking on one song was wrong. I am not a reggae historian, so you have several people on here who I can say will know that information far more than me. But I know a little bit about Afrobeat, and he's wrong. So I'm done. Uh-huh. And he's, it, well, wait, wait one second. Yeah. His argument. What the heck? Was he drinking? Did he have a stroke before he had that interview? What's going on? <laughs> it was too much stuff and it's all jumbled and jambled and everything. But now I'm done. Good morning again, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sadat. All right. From the top, who wants to go next? Morning. Morning, everyone. Good morning, James. How are you? And, uh, and welcome back. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't believe he's wrong about Afrobeat. Like, in, in, its, in its current state... Like it's you know African music you know has always exists Afro like it, it's it's gone through the stages like you know like skia mentor you know reggae dancehall so Afrobeat as it is right now in terms of the the, the melody um, the the structure of the beat it's it's this is pretty new in terms of you know you can you can hear the different influence like of um say like reggae you can hear like a little bit of um latin influence in it so it's like a fusion of different um um mute genres like put together and there's a lot of melody there's a lot of melody in in this current form of afrobeat where as for example people like lucky dube and and some of those because a lot of the even burner boy and um what's his name they were dancehall artists in africa before before they, they, they started doing, they were like emulating like um, Bounty Killer, Vibes Cartel, and those guys. So, it in this for in this um, current thing, it, it has changed. It's not the same like 20, 30, 40 years ago. And I think it's point to like you know what the the current dancehall artists is doing. Like they're not talking, they're too complicated. Like with their topics, they're not choosing their their topics right. Um, and they're making the music very complicated. Um, back in the days, like dancehall, hip hop, um, calypso, like all the genres were were the, the main focus was like lyrics. And then back in the days, early nineties, when Puff Daddy made the move with Biggie and and introduced melody when when Biggie and did that song the spin off from one of the songs back in the 80s and Puff Daddy rapped over it you saw like a shift in music then you saw like you know Mad Cabra um you know Flex Time to Have Sex like those type of songs where lyrics the lyrics kind of cut back and then it was mostly like melody and punchline and i think that's where dancehall music has gone wrong now because you know, like the melody and the, there's no melody, there's no punchline. They're they're doing like lyrics and it's just like mostly like chopping lyrics, like shooting lyrics, and there's no melody. Like like most of the hit songs that that make it across the the, the you know to the Grammy or to the Billboard are more lyric, more melody and less lyrics. I've never seen a song with a lot of lyrics that made it across. To the to the thing, and I think that's what they need to change. Go back to you know like the Elephant Man, the the Beanie Man, like even Bontikila, um, Fuji's and those type of songs that fill with melody and you can dance and party to. That's what they need to go back to. 
All right. Thank you, James. Teflon, did you want to go? Um, I think Sunet kind of summed everything up that I was going to say. Yeah, he was very confusing. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Yeah, I've got a red bar. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he made he made some sense, and uh, yeah, he was just he's just all over the place. Like he makes some sense, and then he he then he's then chatting rubbish at the same time. Like <laughs> like I, I really I don't like how he was basing all his argument on that one song that year, that Burner Boy song. I think that was really silly. Um, I do think dancehall hasn't hasn't 100 lost it i mean th there's still a lot of decent songs decent lyrics um but it's just not many it's getting watered down um it's just very like it's 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 very limited right now because you know back in the days there was like a hit like when, when when there was a rhythm there was like every every track on the rhythm was like a hit like, you know what i mean the lyrics the flow everything um right now it's very limited i mean when, when there's when there's a rhythm there's you could probably get like if you're lucky probably like three pieces that kind of sit well um yeah but he was just he was just all over the place you know and um i, I do feel like the the new age afrobeats um does have the dancehall influence and um the the original afrobeats is totally different like if you go way back to like fella um yeah it's like totally different um, I think, in my in my humble opinion, I think I'm a piano is definitely going to be taken over. Mm -hmm. I'm a piano is, is, as I said in the chat, is the most genius, technical, well built. I mean, the way they the way they build the music is just totally different. It's so different, like the transitions, like the different melodies, the different choruses, the the, the, the loops and everything. The drums coming in, the drums kind of cooling off, and then and then. Um, the, the, the melodies and then the drums kicking. It's just so tense because I, I do I do feel like I'm a piano is definitely going to be taken over. This is so creative, mm -hmm. so creative. But yeah, it, it would be nice. It, it would be nice like for the dance artists to kind of step up their game and you know what I mean because obviously that's where the that's where our culture's at and it would be a shame to see our culture go down the drain and and then because very soon what will happen? Yeah, very soon people are gonna shift from that to Afrobeats and because if you if you notice like a lot of our a lot of our dancers over here um it's it's just there's there's a lot of Afrobeats now like if you go to like a dancehall rave the DJs are now playing more Afrobeats on the set <laughs> <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you know because it's getting it's, get, it's getting the biggest buzz like when you play certain tunes like that song that Burner Boy song it's just getting so much buzz so so yeah um if if, if the Dance artists don't um, step up their game. That's what's going to happen. So, so yeah, I'll end my mic right there. Thank yeah. you so much, Teflon. All right. Uh, stubborn, I'm not sure if you're able to speak. Uh, if you'd like to, please go right ahead. If not, I'll read your comments from the chat. Stubborn, I'm Mike. Say something, man. <laughs> he probably can't speak right now. Sir Kells? Yes, greetings and blessings. Um, first and foremost, welcome back. Thank you, you know I mean? thank you, thank you. You have been you have been well and truly missed. So you know what I mean. Thank you. Um, you know, glad to have you back. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of see the sense out of the nonsense. Yeah, right. Um, personally, I kind of agree with a lot of what he was saying. Um, I think I don't think he was using that burner boy song to generalize 
Afro beats, but I think he was using it as, just as an example of how, you know what I mean? You don't need to have technically something that's so strong lyrically. You can have a song, you know, as long as the beat is right and it's fun and it's, you know, on a on a vibe, you know what I mean? Like, you don't even have to say, I think he was just using that to demonstrate that you don't even have to say um, much. You can just keep it simple even just say one word that is like universal and the thing can be a hit um, compared to these guys, as I said, you know, making songs about their, you know, bless up. Yeah, man. Um, basically, you know, putting their corner arguments on record, like, which is not, that's not for the masses. That's for like, you know, in your area, you know, that's area argument. That's re- local, regional music. It's not even really... I don't even think it's really for the diaspora because at the end of the day, the diaspora, you know what I mean? We're not down there in um, Tivoli Gardens or, or, or any of them places there. You understand? We're, we're out here. So, you know what I mean? We're in America, in the UK, wherever. So, to be honest, I don't even think that's for the di- diaspora. That's just a regional thing. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what the thing you have to remember. Your music, you're trying to make your music global, not just local. So, and I think that's what he, the point he was making. Like with, with 90s dancehall, it was a lot more simpler. Like, yeah, there was lyrics involved, but it was more about, you know, catchy lyrics or, mm-hmm. you know, a punchline that kind of, like what James was saying, um, that, you know, made the song go wherever it went. So I, 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 I agree with a lot of what he's saying and, I, and I've been saying it for the longest while that I think that's why Dancehall... I mean, even um, in another room on Clubhouse the other day, Lady G was um, being interviewed and even she was saying the same thing, that the music's just too dark. Mm-hmm. Like, these men... The reason for me why Afro Beats is, is, is doing so well is because it's a party music. That's how it's been... Um, presented to us it's a party music i don't to be i'm not gonna say i know the most of afro beats but to be honest i don't really hear songs about no bad man thing no gun man thing i'm not saying that there aren't afro beats artists who have clashed with each other or you know maybe there's rivalries whatever but i don't hear it in the music like like how as dark as what is in dancehall mm-hmm. you know Man talking about, you know, taking off man's head back clean and all kind of something. And, you know what I mean? Like, being all descriptive with it. I don't hear that in, in Afrobeats. As far as I know Afrobeats to be in the, in this modern form, it's, be, it's a party music. That's why it's playable on radio. That's why it's, you know, you hear it in people's cars, the radio, the clubs. You hear it everywhere. You hear it on adverts because it's palatable. A lot of modern dancehall, the beats are fine, but the lyrics are not palatable to a wide range of audience. It's only really palatable, as Killer was saying, to those who know. Like, if you know what's going on in the streets and you know what's going on with these people, then you understand their lyrics. But, you know, someone like myself, I don't know their argument. I, I don't keep up with them kind of rubbish. So, see you tomorrow. So I, I, you know, even me, like I, I don't really, I don't really mess with it because to me it's just it's not relevant. Mm-hmm. They're not saying anything personally that I want to hear. You see, I use them, the Charlie Blacks as a perfect example. Party animal. 
that's a I've heard that in you know even in clubs over here like you even hear that in the you know the white folk clubs because it's a party anthem. You see right, what I'm saying, right? And that's what and that's what that's what dancehall has to get back to being more of a feel good music, a, a you know a, a a fun music, not just this dark sinister kind of entity. And I think that's when dance will flourish again. Yes. Great points from everyone. So let me jump to the chat. So Stubborn says he's shy. <laughs> so let me go ahead and jump on over to the chat. So I have comments from Stubborn and Julie that I'm going to um, read off. Uh, so Julie said 99% of Afrobeats does not have to be censored also. The lyrics are normally clean. Yes. And I, I, I what we don't understand I hope is the unclean part, but for the most part, we can understand what they're saying. I don't have to be like, Oh my gosh, you know, are the kids hearing this? You know, I can play it freely. And even when it comes to compiling playlists for the shows, um, I'm not going to lie. I am struggling with the dance hall music, especially current dance hall music. It's a true struggle. Reggae music is fine. The reggae artists are okay. The, dance hall is where i'm struggling whether it's a female or male it's and then you're struggling to find the edited versions or the radio edit versions clean versions it's a struggle and then you know the question may be asked so why aren't you playing more current dance hall the truth is i could Yes, because we're on internet radio but i also have to be mindful of the time of day for example in the eastern um time zone there are people who are taking their children to school and who are listening in their vehicles and they don't want to have to put in an airpod they want to be able to have their children listen in so i have to take do i have slip-ups from time to time yes i do i'm not going to say i'm perfect i do have slip-ups from time to time but i have to take that into consideration my audience right then you also have people who depending on the time that they come on the show um, who are picking up their children from school, depending on where they are in the world. Some are on their way from work and they're probably picking up their children from a daycare. So I have to be mindful of that. And I'm, it is a struggle for me. And I am not a DJ. I don't have the software and the equipment and the, you know, all the shebang to be deleting or editing the songs myself. So I rely and what is made available through various platforms, whether it's Spotify, Pandora, or um, SoundCloud, whatever, you know, it's limited. So I have to agree, we need to do some cleaning up, right? Go go and, ahead, and, go ahead, Teflon. And, and, and even the edited version, when you, sometimes when you search for edited versions, sometimes they're not even 100% clean, because I used to have that problem when I was on radio, it was such a struggle. Because um, I, I used to download edited um, versions, and when you play, you still get a few things that kids can't listen to. So yeah, it's a bit of a struggle. And another 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 one is um, soca. Like soca is one of those music that you don't have to worry about. Uh, whoa, I don't know. I think I might have a bad example, but <laughs> I'd say ninety percent of um, of soca music is like very like like child friends to play like it's all it's all about well probably not because they do talk about drinking and wine and so <laughs> yeah i'll probably I'll, I'll probably retract that but yeah um the editor's version is very very tricky to um 
to find sometimes. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you have to retract too much on uh, on Soka and a Teflon because the truth is, Soka, we don't we never realized how slack it was until we became adults or what they were really talking about until they we became adults, right? Um, for the most part, the way they um they they use their oh my gosh, what's the term pun play on words um entendre yes thank you sonette the way they would do it would be more palatable and so you could play it on radio and not have to cringe and worry you know i mean so i can i can embrace that my issue though as i was saying is dancehall we have to clean it up a little bit or as i mentioned um prior to going on vacation that it would be good if they could have two versions for example, Spice does that a lot. She has the radio version, the edited version, and then she has the uncut version. So, yes, it's a little more work, but guess what? If you want to go beyond the diaspora, you are going to have to put in the ex extra work, right? If you want to be relatable, you're going to have to put that in. Okay, here's another comment. Um Geely said, Ghana Dance Hall, however, is 100% a copy of Jamaican Dance Hall. Shata Wale is Ghana's biggest dance hall artist. He sings predominantly in Twi. There is also another artist called Stoneboy. All their music is based on the dance hall style. Uh, Stubborn said he's just jealous. Dance hall time is almost up and that they should keep working hard. Um... Teflon mentioned the original deep Afrobeats are very different and can't be compared to dancehall. The new era Afrobeats are the ones that are sounding similar to dancehall. As Stubborn said, 2000 to 2010, 2011, dancehall was untouchable. Things have changed. The generations have changed. Um, uh, Teflon responded by saying, Stubborn has been watered down. That is why dancehall... Um, 90s dance hall is still enjoyable to listen to up to this day and I gotta give it up to that it ain't going nowhere not going anywhere um, stubborn feels that Mr. Bounty's a little jealous because he can't book arenas <laughs> so Geely said when and what this this next comment is in reference to the the um, the feuds that are happening in in, in dance hall it exists in every genre and Geely is saying Wizkid and DeVito have been fighting for years. There is feud in every genre of music, believe it or not. It's how it comes to the forefront. It's what we are made privy to see and hear. Sorry, sorry, moments. Yeah. Even even Prince and Michael Jackson had this. Yeah. It's a they're two, they're, them, them two, them boy, they're soft like butter. <laughs> Yeah, it's another genre. Them man, they couldn't even mash ant, but they, them man had beef. Yeah. So it happens. The problem is, is when it seeps into the culture, like, and becomes like, um, like you know how the be um, Beanie and Bounty rivalry, you know, when it got hot in the nineties, um, Cartel and Movado, when the Gully and Gaza thing, Tupac and Biggie with the East Coast West Coast thing, you know, musical rivalry should stay in music. Mm -hmm. When it spills over into the culture and, you know, the public are actually taking sides and creating factions, you know, fighting one another, that's when we know we got a problem. And that's what, you know, like what Teflon was saying about soca music. Yeah, there might be a little bit slackness, but it's still a fun music. 
You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. most of the time you're dancing away and obviously as a big person now, yeah, you clock all the lyrics. But as a kid, like you were saying, you know, you're just dancing away happily to this happy music. You're not even really clocking some of the slackness while going. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, was, like the um, lady was saying, it's true, there are rivalries, but it's a problem when it... I, I, I don't think, you know, David O fans and WizKid fans are fighting each other like... You know what I mean, like that. <laughs> the beef ain't that that deep. Maybe it is in Africa. I don't know. Right. They might have a you know a deep rivalry, but it's not something that's you know public knowledge over here. Like it's not like you know um, it's not that deep, and that's when it becomes a problem. So rivalries, yeah, that ain't a problem, man. Yeah. So thank you, thank you um, for that, Sir Kels. Well, here is what I have been saying all along, probably not here on Clubhouse or on air, but um, I'm a piano. Fell in love with it. It ain't going nowhere. It's here to stay. You better get used to it. It is the next big thing if you ask me. South Africa, step up. These songs run eight minutes long, for the most part. You rarely find anything under five minutes. It's mostly beats. Puts you in a feel-good state of mind. And you can get super creative with it. No matter where you are from in the world. I'm a piano is definitely what we should be watching out for. But we should not feel threatened by it. Afrobeats or dance all should not feel threatened by I'm a piano. You want to bamba? You want to tea with the big boys? Now you the wrong get the kitty, you the wrong get the get a coffee drink, what a drop cup. So I have to agree. That is what we need to be watching out for. But again, let me reiterate we should not feel threatened. Stand on what you believe in, work on what you believe in. We're not shunning dance hall. We're asking for more creativity. Go right ahead, naturalist. Good morning. Good morning, and welcome back. Thank you, sir. Um, I saw your point is concerned. Of course, he, he made he made some valid point, but in some ways, 
is a good message coming from the wrong messenger uh, <laughs> because he was notorious for fighting under this Lexus merciless, and I'm pretty sure there's a few of the artists who would say that he was the reason why they did not go um, any further in their career because he had a connection and he run the streets and he, he closed them out. Um, but he did make some some valid point. You know, to me, Afrobeats and Armour Piano and reggaeton and all these things, you know, people are always saying, as something comes out, they're saying that it's going to destroy dance or it's going to destroy reggae. And to me, it is what it is. In many cases, it's something new and fresh. So folks like new and fresh and um, folks gravitate to it. Now, I'm not saying that... Um, you know, dancehall right now is really at a at a high status in in the music industry in general. I'm not saying that, mm -hmm. but I think overall dance dancehall will be here because there is just something special about um, hearing something in your native tongue, and that's why I like original dancehall sounds like dancehall, original reggae sounds like reggae because it's in my native tongue. The reason why what they call bootleg radio station also successful. It's because you can turn it on, you can hear folks play songs that you know and actually speak in your tongue. And Jamaica is a, is a small, it's a small island. Africa is a, Africa is a continent. You know, so it's, it's, it's very unfair to compare, say, their sales or their uh, stadium performance compared to what a dancehall artist um, uh, might do. So I'm, I'm not worried. Um, they are... Great songs being made, like anything else, the internet has given people the leverage to just put anything out there. Mm -hmm. And um, how can you tell a person that even if it's garbage, but guess what? That garbage took them out of the ghetto and now they are feeding their family. They brought their mama out. How do you tell them what they're doing is wrong? And that's where the issue comes in because what they're doing, there are folks who like it. They're making money from it, and they're taking care of the family. Their situation have changed, and how do you tell them it's wrong? When many artists right now that are doing dance all the right way, they're doing regular right way, and they are not making money or getting the um the recognition um that they deserve. But the ones that are quote unquote doing the wrong way, they're getting all the glory. So is it the artist or is it the consumer? Hmm. I'll land right there. Good question. Great question. Thank you so much, uh, DJ Naturalist. And I'll close by saying this. Continue to be creative. Continue to wave your flags high. Continue to represent your countries and your culture. Eight billion people in the world. More than enough listeners out there. If you feel as though you are somehow in a box, limited, and you want to break out of that box, you have to be willing to embrace, to listen, to make changes. Listen to the consumer, right? If the consumers are all saying the same thing, then I think the common denominator is you, the artist. You're going to have to make some change. Um, I see what you're saying, naturalist, that, you know, good message, wrong messenger. But he 
did point out the flaw with himself, he pointed it out. And when Dennis Brown called him and Beanie to the table pretty much to come on the song, Revolution. So he's not ignorant to the fact that he had a hand in it back in the day. He knows. I think but he knows. Let me, let me cut you, but not, not just back in the day. For instance, Jashi just came out and he made some things about the, the old artists who were helping the new artists. And Bounty gave him a collaboration. And the first collaboration with Bounty Killer was a dark, violent song about guns. Mm. And that's just very that's just very recent. Okay, let me is is it fit for airplay? You could play it. Bounty and and, and and Joshi. I don't remember the name of the song. Okay, let me see. If but I that's very it. recent. Okay. What's the name? Uh Joshi. Uh, what's the name of the song? You you remember the name of it? Let me try and see if you could have fun real quick. Yeah. Yeah, but naturalist. How Josh your name spell? Is it Joshy or Josh? How do you spell that? J. It's J. All right. Thank you so much. I'm trying to find it here. I'm gonna I think naturalist is gonna find it quicker for me. All right, let's see. I'm looking for the feature in bounty. He's hmm. done he's it, it, he's also done an artist featuring uh Massacre. Massacre and Jashi, right? Yeah. I said that one. Uh, I said that one. I'm so sorry, folks, to be taking up your time. But um, interesting conversation. I don't think it's a conversation that's going to die down anytime soon. You're in the Matrix. Okay, I think. Okay, When We Step. I think that's the song. Let me see something. I think. Teflon, you're in the Matrix. You're in the Matrix. You're in the Matrix, Teflon. I hope you're hearing me. I'm going to play the song. I'm not cutting you off. I'm going to play the song because you're in the Matrix. Okay. I got my permission from Naturalist. My apologies. Okay. Woo. Yes, naturalist. Point me. <laughs> yes, naturalist. I can't argue. I can't defend your bounties. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Woo. That was heavy, naturalist. 
and that's a young artist that was looking for a direction. And as a grandfather in the business, that was the first collab he gave the guy. Whew. Unbelievable. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. Shame, shame on Bounty for that one, naturally. So I'm going to say. I love Bounty Killer. No, if I'm sorry, but I love him. I love his music. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it safe to say he's, um, he's been a hypocrite? Well, clearly. Yeah, moments. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's been a hypocrite because he, what he explained, he, he explained it. It's like, okay, there's a formula. Mm -hmm. He's not saying that one of the stuff that he's not saying that um, because dancehall, hardcore dancehall is made from like, you know, gun song from back Ninja Man, Super Cat. So what, what, what he's saying, like in most of the interview that he's saying, he's saying there's a formula. Like when, when he's doing stuff with Dave Kelly, they said like, okay, look, for every gun song, like every two gun song are, are so you do, you do like a cultural song to, to, to thing. What he's saying is that most of these, the artists today, they're not diversifying their lyrics. They're just like, it's all scamming, all gun, like 100% dark. What he was saying is that, look, I did like, you know, people dead, you know, for me going to join, large and join church and stuff like that. I did that. Then I looked, then I did the Lord is my light and my salvation. I did, I did, this other murder song, then I did look into my eyes. So what are you saying? If you look at his catalog, it's the it's like fifty percent guns and fifty percent culture are, you know, mama is not in a good mood, book, book, book. But he's saying that a lot of these artists now, um, they're not doing any they're not um spreading it out, they're just doing dark songs. That's what he's saying. Okay, so wow. Um <laughs> so you're saying what he's saying pretty much is there needs to be a balance um so to make it not look so bad for every bad man tune where you put out you need to have at least one <laughs> or yeah two. no because no because the reality of it is dancehall is is that's what dancehall came from like gun songs and stuff like that um and in the history of dancehall probably only two dancehall song that you can you can put as icon in the music shaggy and sean paul and even even sean paul have a gun song a one or two gun song but it just not fit him voice but like mad cabra mad cabra like have some dark songs and then him have like flex time to have sex and and all of these songs you know so you yeah it's a, it's a balance balance it up because hip-hop is the same thing them have dark songs and then them have songs where they dance to that's just mm. the type of music you know but I'll tell you something, in all fairness though, James, if we if we focus on the interview that we just listened to, and that interview was posted four days ago, just four days ago, right? If we listen to if we just listen to that interview, say someone who has never heard about Bounty Killer, it's their first time coming across him. And then they pull up the songs especially the most recent one with him and Joshi, thanks to Naturalist. I never knew the song. What is going to go through that person's mind? H hold on, there's a contradiction going on here. Is he conflicted with what he would like to see happen versus what he's actually doing? You have to watch a full interview, though. It's breaking up in about five different, five small pieces. It's like a full 
almost 45 minutes interview but so, so james the other in the other piece is gonna correct what was what we just heard in this particular interview and then listening to the bounty and josh's song is it gonna fix yeah. it up clean it up make it yeah no yeah some of it will okay you know like like is that this this interview is like done on different platforms like this is just the latest one but you talk about um when he because in this interview too like he was saying that is the, the, the his mentor the, the person that mentor him was a cultural artist and when he went to jammies his first song was called was a cultural song and then he wasn't going anywhere and when he did the song about um the the first gun song that he did and um what's his name jammies never recorded that was a song that um took him like he, he just took off from that song and he said that okay he's gonna have to eat food so he's gonna switch to gun songs mm -hmm. and then um junior reed and um not is it i think sizzler or some of the other artists didn't want to go on the same stage with him because they say he's doing too much gun songs mm -hmm. and then after that he said he went back into his catalog and he did like mama is not in a good mood book 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 and people only accepted those songs after he got like larger than life with his gun songs so okay. all he's saying like just do like a balance like you can do some gun songs but do some songs where people can dance to and some cultural songs too let me ask you a question james does um brother desmond have any cultural songs um yeah um okay yeah yeah some cultural song yeah um yes he, he has love songs too Remember the song "Cover Me," like he did with oh, um, I about and that. and you have song, yeah, yeah, some 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 cultural song from back in the days from him, the name Ugly Man. Yeah, okay. some good songs. All right, because the only one, I, you know, the ones I remember is the Gun Pan Teet and Front Teet and all them Teet Teet Teet. Yeah, um, and the songs that he would use as a clash. I, I didn't remember that he had the love song. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> You know what? You know what James just did. Moments. What he says the clip, the clip that you played misrepresented Bounty mm -hmm. in all of Bounty's mm -hmm. trueness. So see, James is coming and telling us that we're wrong. We're wrong. Yeah. All right, James. I guess we have to listen to forty-five minute interview. So who put out this clip? Okay. So this. Let me let me tell you. Let me tell you, Sonette, because I'm sure others will want to know. It is I never knew TV. When you go on YouTube, I never knew TV. So we can check it out. Yeah, thank you. No I'm, problem. I'm messing around. I'm, I'm messing around too because like, I'm just saying, if, if that's a clip they're putting around and they are, in James's in mind right now, in misrepresenting Bounty in all his fullness mm -hmm. because that was a confusing bit of word salad that he produced in that little bit of clip. And I'm, I'm done speaking for now. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much, Sonette. Yeah, Sonette, okay. it's, not, it's not misrepresented, but sometimes we have all seen the internet on the internet work. If one clips, clip go viral out of a full interview, it happened with like Kevin Samuel, it happened with a lot of these other people. Like the hot take go viral, mm. and then the one, the full interview, you, like you judge the person based on the hot take that go viral. But if you, if you watch the full interview, it's like trying to, to catch a Netflix series in the middle. You're missing out the, the beginning. And you don't know what's happening. So that, that's why I'm on the interview. There's wow. like five other clips circulating. 
but they're not as viral as this one. This one is 35,000 views. All right. Keep it moving. We're going to take a quick break. Thank you, everyone, for the hearty conversation and the points made in the chat and the voices that we were able to hear. Thank you, Sonette, Naturalist, Sir Kells, Teflon, James. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for your input. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we return, we're going to have stories out of Latin America and from the international scene. It is Move It Monday, and as always, every Monday we do it in Soka style. We continue to honor women in Women's History Month.
Big thank you to everyone logged on and listening online. The Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, remember to keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone listening on JohnnoRadio.com. If you have not already done so, go ahead and download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Of course, I got to give a big thank you to everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. the voice of Nadia Batson, Sugar Daddy. And it is time for us to get back to business. We're starting off in the Latin corner. First up, Cubans vote in legislative elections with all eyes on turnout. Story courtesy of AlJazeera.com. Cubans have headed to the polls to vote for the 470 legislators who will represent them in the National Assembly, the island country's highest legislative body. Polling stations opened at around 7 a.m. local time on Sunday, and more than 8 million people are eligible to vote. By 11 a.m. local time, turnout had reached 42 percent, according to Cuba's National Electoral Council. Polls closed at 6 p.m. Cuba's government, saddled by shortages, inflation, and growing social unrest, has encouraged unity, calling on citizens to vote together in a broad show of support for the communist leadership. Cuban President Miguel Diaz-Canel, who voted in his hometown of Santa Clara just after sunrise on Sunday, said citizens would have the last word. There are 470 candidates running for 470 seats with no opposition challenges and no campaigning. Most candidates for the Cuban parliament are members of the Communist Party, the only legal party on the island. The legislators will be in charge of nominating a presidential candidate who will be elected in a vote among themselves. Diaz-Canel, leader of the Communist Party of Cuba, PCC, is expected to win a second term. The vote comes at a time when Cuba is facing its worst economic crisis in decades with shortages of food and unprecedented wave of migration, galloping inflation and crippling U.S. sanctions. How is it they only have one party? That's it? No one else can form a party over there? Or people have tried and not successful okay all right then next up honduras cuts ties with taiwan and opens relations with china story courtesy of aljazeera.com 
Well, well, well. Honduras has ended its decades-long diplomatic relations with Taiwan in favor of ties with China, prompting Taipei to accuse Beijing of using coercion and intimidation to lure its few remaining allies. The Honduran Foreign Ministry said on Saturday that the government of Honduras recognizes the existence of just one China in the world. And the government of the People's Republic of China is the only legitimate government that represents all of China. Taiwan is an inseparable part of Chinese territory, it said. The ministry said Honduras had notified Taiwan of its decision to break ties and that it would not return to having any relationship or official contact with the territory. Oh boy. The move leaves Taiwan recognized by only 13 sovereign states. Wow. How does, what is that going to do for Taiwan? Are more countries going to follow suit? More sovereign states going to follow suit and cut ties, sever ties? And if they do so, um, will that then force the hand of Taiwan to relinquish and say, you know what? Okay, China, you have us, take us. Or are we going to see um, some resistance by all means. I don't know. Yeah, them guys have got to realize they're not Ukraine, you know. <laughs> Why you say that, Sir Kels? Everybody wants to fight for their right. No? Well, sometimes if you can't beat them, you have to join them, you know. Oh, and boy, I don't, I don't know. Like this is this is global politics, so I, I, I personally don't think. Um, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Taiwan is in a position of strength like Ukraine to kind of gain the kind of support that they will need to kind of stand up to China. So, yeah, that's just one nation. And you know what? Trust me, other nations will follow suit. Watch when they tell the Caribbean not to mess with Taiwan. The Caribbean will fold the same way. African nations will fold the same way. Um, obviously because of China's heavy level of investment and influence. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? They're not in the same boat like Ukraine. They're not going to get the same amount of sentiment. Like, I know the UK is trying to go on like they'll back them, but when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, they will be on their own. They might have just the one UK and America or something like that trying to back them, but, yeah, I I don't don't think that's going to go very well. Taiwan. I was about to say, sir, what about the mighty USA? They have that one more they need. Yeah, (laughs) but they ain't gonna back them as hard as they back in Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's personally what I feel. It might it might turn out different, but that's just how I see it for now. Yeah, as you say, I don't even like to hear the word Ukraine right now because more money is going over there. But anyway. Uh, I need the social security number for uh, Ukraine. Uh, what is what is um, Zelensky's net worth? Anybody knows? Anybody knows what his net worth is? What, what's his name? Vladimir. What, what's his Putin? It's Vla- Vladimir. Let me get it right. Um, yeah. I, I heard something the other day and I was like a little troubled by it, that he's worth hundreds of millions. Am I saying that right? <laughs> Zelensky or Putin? Zelensky, not Putin. Zelensky. Yeah, in my, in, in, in my money, man, and yet 
America and England and sell him so much money. <laughs> Why am not pay for he the gun them himself? Why not pay for the gun them himself, man? Sure. I didn't know he, he was an actor. An actor, an actor and comedian before he became president. Huh. So the hundreds of millions Sinette was earned as in that role? It's possible, but I really, I don't care about that stuff. So I'm just, I'm like, I, mean, I was just telling you a little bit about um, Zelensky. I don't care about that at mm -hmm. all. I'm minding my business. <laughs> We're going to drink water, man, of our business. <laughs> so far, 16 ounces down, and it's only been an hour since I've been up. So I'm doing all right. <laughs> I need that discipline. Wow. Had a lot of coconut water that while I was back home. Real coconut water. Fresh off the trees, coconut water. Refreshing. Not what they put in the supermarket shelves. <laughs> I want to go back home. Oh my gosh. I want to go home. <laughs> oh yeah, I had so much coconut. My that heart is supposed to be clean. In my, head. <laughs> <laughs> my heart is well clean with all the coconut water I had. <laughs> Watch where the cross is them. <laughs> I I had a reset. Oh yeah, I had reset. Listen, we have a few Naysbury trees, but we went to one. Listen, these mongoose is a hell of a thing. We saw mongoose running from under the tree. Fat. I've never seen a mongoose so fat. So when you go under the Naysbury tree, it's covered. The floor is covered with Naysberries. The tree is laden with Naysberries. These creatures just pick and choose. They, you know, they're so disrespectful. They bite one and they leave it and they go on to the next and they leave. And they just, that's what they do. I'm like, they're living life. And I'm here in the States paying for Naysberries. A Naysberry drop off a tree yeah star apples were coming in they weren't ready yet but they're coming in mm-hmm listen it's i'm ready to go home i don't know what the heck i'm doing here <laughs> as i said before this country is so messed up but um yeah volodymyr zelensky i i did hear a figure i'm trying to look it up and i'm like something like 200 million or some astonishing amount of money is his net worth um not sure how true it is i did not look it up i'm gonna be honest i did not look it up because i was on vacation so i wasn't gonna look that up but um interesting he is a lawyer he um he has a law degree let me put it this way he has a law degree from the kiev national economic university llb um calls himself a servant of the people uh, he's young He's, um, yeah, he's the sixth president of Ukraine. He was born in 1978. Um, okay. Yeah, yes, Sonette is absolutely right, folks. Don't doubt, and don't you ever doubt Sonette, because she has her facts, that's for sure. At the age of 17, he um, joined a local team competing in a comedy competition. <laughs> is that why this is a whole joke right now forgive me my poor sense of humor very poor sense of humor 
hey Kalisha, I won't say it on air, but I was tempted to stop by and say hi to you uh, last week, Tuesday. <laughs> but I just kept walking. <laughs> As I walked by to go down to um, the Bob Marley Museum. Yeah. Um, oh, folks, if you're going to go, let me tell you another thing. You cannot record anything inside the house. You can take pictures outside, but you cannot record anything inside the house. Totally off limits. Totally off limits. All right. So don't forget that when you go, don't be tempted to pull out your phones and try to record anything. All right. You will be sued. Let's just say that plain and straight. Um, I tell you this though, if you go, if you ever go and you go upstairs, um, in the kitchenette, let me call it a kitchenette right outside. There are some towels. So it's myself, Marlon and Marlon's cousin that went there and I'm looking at the towels and I'm like, those towels look familiar. Same color. Yeah. Are in my bathroom back home. Yes, I have a little piece of history. But anyway, yeah, so cool. So, so cool. But anyway, um, and the weed shop. <laughs> is there a right? Dispensary. Let me get it right. Let me be politically correct. The dispensary is open and you can buy your weed there. It's cash only, folks. Um, anything you buy in the dispensary. They, they also sell T-shirts there um, and other paraphernalia. All cash. If you're buying weed, you do have to present your ID and you do have to um, fill out a form. I'm letting you all know. So when you know when you go, be prepared. Um, tasted a smoothie. The lady behind the counter that was making smoothies, she was making for someone else. I was asking her what is in it, and I tasted. I forget. I forgot the name of it, but it was really good. Uh, if you're Jamaican, I strongly suggest you have your Jamaican ID with you. It's cheaper. <laughs> it's a little cheaper. Let me let me say that. All right. So yeah, anywhere you're going in Jamaica, if can't walk with the Jamaican um, credentials, don't get rid of your Jamaican credentials, folks. All right. Um, going with someone who has their Jamaican credentials will not give you a discount. Everybody stands alone. Let me just warn you on that one. All right. Next up, it's time for stories out of the international scene. U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris in Africa to boost ties. She is on a week-long tour of the continent, and it comes at a time when the U.S. is seeking to counter the influence of Russia and China. Will it work? Why is Africa turning away from the United States? So, pray tell. Can someone tell me why? Why is everyone shunning Um the U.S. Hi, I'm Steve Clemens, and I have a question. Can President Biden convince African leaders that America is a better partner than China? Let's get to the bottom line. This week, the White House hosts leaders from 49 African countries to try and convince them that their continent is a real priority for America. It's going to be a hard sell, since many Africans feel that Washington has treated them with a lot of benign neglect more of a problem than an opportunity. 
a place that's full of precious minerals that we want, like lithium and cobalt, which America needs for its electric cars, but also a place loaded with security concerns and humanitarian crises and corruption. Meanwhile, Russia's kind of zoomed to the top as Africa's number one weapons dealer, and China's trade with African countries has reached a record $261 billion last year. That's about five times more than the U.S. An African youth survey by Ichikovitz Family Foundation found that 77% of youth across the continent identified China as the most important nation for Africa's future, not the United States. Plus, China deals with whatever government is in place, no questions asked while the U.S. cherry-picks its allies and offers lectures about democracy. So can the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit here in Washington, D.C. turn things around? And what can America offer that Africa really wants? Today we're talking with Arikana Chihombori Kwao, the former ambassador of the African Union to the United States. She's also the founder of the Africa Diaspora Development Initiative, which aims to link Africans abroad back to the continent. Ambassador, it's such a pleasure to talk with you today. This big summit is going on right now in Washington, D.C. You're in Zimbabwe. I guess I want to start by asking you, what do the leaders of Africa and President Biden have to get right after this week that you think needs is essential? Thank you for having me. Uh, this is a very important summit. It's a conversation between the continent and the United States, a, con a conversation that is desperately needed, particularly at this time in our history and in our life. The United States, let me start by saying, it, is the, it still remains the most preferred trading partner uh, for the African nations. However, like I used to tell the State Department and any engagements that we've had with the United States, I felt during my tenure that the United States was slowly um, losing ground and they were risking losing their position is Africa's preferred trading partner. So this is a very important meeting that I hope that if the United States, like I used to tell uh, my colleagues, I felt that the United States, if this was a basketball game, the United States needed to call for timeout, for U.S. needed to realize that this is a new game and it required new rules of engagement, therefore a need for the United States to re-strategize. I'm hoping that for a change, this meeting, the United States can begin to realize it's no longer business as usual. It's no longer a case of the United States saying, we make policy and we tell the Africans. That has got to change. It is a recipe for disaster. It is a recipe for the United States seeing itself losing its place is Africa's preferred trading partner. This, that's what makes this meeting very important, and I'm hoping that the U.S. can call for timeout and understand that engaging Africa at this time, it is a new game that is calling for new rules of engagement, and therefore it is time to re-strategize and treat the Africans fairly, treat the Africans respectfully, and treat the Africans as equal partners. You know, Ambassador, I think one of the things that I'm uh, trying to be sensitive to is that we often, over in the United States, as you know, and you were the ambassador of the African Union, tend to talk about a continent as opposed to individual countries and nations, of which there are 54, there are 49 uh, heads of state here in Washington this week. And are we making a mistake? Are we, are we 
is our ignorance on our side, from your impression of our ignorance, you know, amplified by us talking about Africa so much as, as opposed to talking about Rwanda, Zimbabwe, Ghana? Should we be, our, you know, is our illiteracy, illiteracy in this level so obvious that, that it's, a, it's a real problem? And do these kinds of summits that bring everyone together do a disservice to that kind of getting to know each country more distinctly? I think for the United States, and I'll repeat it, and I used to repeat it uh, all the time during my tenure, what really is behind the failure of effective engagement with Africa is the disrespect of the Africans. Huh. That's where the problem begins. If we cannot accept, if the United States cannot accept Africans as equal partners, if the United States, for example, let's look at this particular uh, uh, meeting, this particular summit, there was no defined agenda. There has never been defined agendas whenever they meet with African countries as individual countries. It's always the United States setting the agenda, the United States setting the policies, and the United States telling the Africans about the policies. Mm. That is no way to have any meaningful engagement. If you take, for example, the fourth POCAC meeting that was held between China and the African heads of state, way in advance, the issues were clearly defined. The agenda was going to focus on trade. It was going to focus on aid. It was going to focus on investments. The African heads of states were engaged in the discussion, in the planning. The outcomes were clearly defined with a way forward in terms of follow-up. It was a fruitful meeting that addressed the issues that needed to be addressed between not only African countries individually with China, but also Africans collectively with China. There is no published agenda. There, is, there are no issues that have been presented to the African heads of states. Africans have, been, have not been asked to, to engage in terms of creating the agenda and making sure that when the African heads of states come to Washington, the outcomes, the issues to be discussed are going to be meaningful uh, outcomes, outcomes with follow-up and deliverables that are going to be beneficial to both. It remains a one-sided conversation with the United States telling the Africans the agendas and the policies. The Africans are not on the table to discuss issues pertaining to us, wherein lies the problem. Mm. And the reason that continues to be the case, what underscores that is the disrespect for Africans. I repeated it. I I complained about it repeatedly. It is a serious problem. The United States must understand that Africans are not going to take it anymore. If you don't treat the Africans fairly, United States is going to see itself slowly losing ground mm -hmm. to China, to Russia, to all other nations, because without respecting the Africans, without treating the Africans as equal, without understanding that exploitation and abuse of Africa simply cannot continue. This, this meeting, this summit, is going to be yet another gathering with no outcomes, no deliverables until the next summit. I'm sorry, but the disrespect of the Africans is at the bottom of it all. I, I... Agenda for this meeting should have been set out in advance. Africans should have been involved. Without the involvement of the Africans in these discussions, this is a useless meeting.
I'm sorry, but that is the fact. No, I, I am very grateful for your candor. And it sounds to me, I mean, I think there was a lot of criticism of the last summit like this under President Obama, that there was like no follow through. And, you know, it's one of the big questions I'm asking is, how do you make a big bang summit where everyone comes over? It's like checking off the box and say, okay, we've done Africa. Now we can move on to other things. How do we, how do you make that something that's a more sustainable uh, and a more continuous engagement of the United States with Africa? And what I'm hearing from you is frankly, a lot of disappointment and um, uh, you know, a lot of pessimism about what may come out of this summit. Well, the, the point of the matter is already you know nothing is going to come out of it because it is a one-sided conversation. Right. Where is the agenda? The agenda should have been published way in advance. The African leaders should have been given opportunity to also state their position so they can come up with an African position that can then be discussed mm. alongside the American position. So the fact that it is a one-sided conversation that is yet going to be another useless meeting with no outcomes. But again, I'm going to keep emphasizing the reason this is happening is because there is a disrespect for the Africans. There is a general feeling that we don't need to hear from the Africans. Their opinions do not matter. That we realize the problem. Mm. Why were the Africans not consulted? Why were the Africans not part of an agenda? Why was there not even an agenda like what happened during the fourth FOCAC meeting with China. Those are some basic issues. No head of state. President Biden would not pick up and go to meet with any other leader in the world without an agenda. That simply doesn't happen. Right. So what makes the U.S. think that they can engage African leaders without an agenda? Come to Washington, let me tell you what I want to do for you. Come to Washington, let me tell you what you need to do in your country. That game is, is an old game. Right. It's not going to work anymore. To be honest with you, if I'm to speak the truth, I hope a lot of heads of case don't come. Because it is an insult. It is an abuse of the Af African leaders. Mm. It's a disrespect of the African leaders. Where is the agenda? Please respect the African leaders. Do unto them what you would want done unto you. So It's really a simple ask. Let me ask you a question. You mentioned China and how China approaches this. I'm interested in what China gets so right and, but is there a blind spot there? Are there problems in the China-Africa relationship from your perspective? Let me also, uh, let me just uh, hit the nail in the head and deal with, 10, 000, with the 10,000 pound gorilla in the room. Yeah. Racism <laughs> as well hmm. plays a very important part. The disrespect of the Africans also goes back to a lot of the people who work in the US government, not all of them, but there's a significant of them who automatically assume that Africans do not know what they're doing. Africans need help. Africans need to be told what to do. And racism is also at the bottom of it all. We need to address the individuals who are going to be visiting Africa, engaging Africa. They must understand that Africans are equal to them. Mm. But when one goes to Africa with a sense of superiority, wherein lies the problem, because you are not going to engage those leaders who are going to come to the table as equals. You go in feeling superior, you come back feeling superior. That is not an issue with the Chinese. The Chinese are coming in. The Chinese, yes, if you don't negotiate with them and uh, they win the game, then that's your fault. 
but they don't come in feeling superior. They understand that Africa has something they need. So they will come to the Africans. They will come and make sure that they let the Africans know that you matter to us, that our relationship with you does matter, that you don't get that feeling with the United States. You get the feeling that there's this sense of superiority, that you Africans, you ought to be glad that we are engaging you. You ought to be glad that we are inviting you to come to Washington. That sense of superiority, it has to change. Whether it, it calls for the United States to retrain their people as they engage Africa, but it is that uh, which really goes to the bottom of why the engagements are not going to be as effective. They must take a page out of what Africa is doing. Let me say this. Chinese people didn't used to be that way, but they quickly changed their strategy. Mm. When they realized that the game they were playing was not going to work in Africa, they changed their strategy. And that's why, like I said, I said it during my tenure, I'll continue to say it again. If this was a basketball game, the United States need to call for timeout. This is a new game, and it requires new rules of engagement. The United States must, first and foremost, make sure that racism is out of the picture. Africans are just as smart as anybody else. Africans are equal. And until we engage as equals, all these meetings, all these conversations are always going to be useless. And it goes back to the individuals who are going to be at the table with the Africans. So the U.S. also needs to address the issue of racism and make sure that the people engaging Africa their minds are clear and they accept that Africans are equal. Tell us about Pan-Africanism. Tell us about what Africa, the states in Africa are doing to trade, to connect, to move their agenda forward proactively, no matter what the rest of the world is thinking about it. Absolutely. I have to say, uh, if you were to go back to 1963, when our Pan-African fathers came together in the hopes of creating an Africa that spoke with one voice, an Africa that had one military, an Africa that had one central bank, one monetary fund, uh, one, one, uh, one uh, uh, stock exchange, and an, an, an Africa with one customs union. We failed at that over the years. But finally, uh, two years ago, uh, they approved the AFCFTA, the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, which is uh, a, a, a policy that saw Africa coming together in one particular area that we are now speaking with one voice when it comes to trade. Yes, its implementation is a monster. Yes, its implementation is work in progress. But you can say of the issues that our Pan-African fathers met to discuss in 1963, finally, over 50 years later, we are able to accomplish the first one, which is being an Africa that's going to the world as one customs union. The spirit of Pan-Africanism it has taken us a long time to really begin to come together to dismantle the Berlin Conference, which, of course, for those who think, oh, Berlin Conference is a thing of the past, of the past. Think again. As long as we have a country called Togo, as long as we have a country called Congo Brazzaville, Iswatini, Malawi, those small countries, even Nigeria or the big ones, Kenya, uh, Egypt, Morocco, they cannot survive on their own. As long as we're talking about the little bitty individual African countries, we are never going to realize the dream of a united Africa that speaks with one voice. And until we dismantle some of those borders, until we begin to wake ourselves up as a people, until we begin to realize that the, the colonizers and the rule of divide and conquer left us feeling inferior, 
supremacy, white supremacy was introduced from the very onset when the colonizers came to Africa. We were taught to believe that everything African was bad, everything European was better. And we still continue to suffer from that mentality. So yes, while we demand that the West and those who don't look like us Africans treat us equally, realize that we are human beings just like they are. We too, as Africans, we have a lot of work to do on a personal level where we must also believe, truly believe, that we are equal uh, to everybody else on, on earth and that we are capable. That also is a disease that we need to realize as Africans, let's wake up and realize that white people are not superior to us, Chinese are not superior to us, we are just as good as anybody else. That is a serious challenge because we still have people, even when you look at uh, issues that we could stand up as a people and push back, you see ministers from the Western world uh, going to, uh, to Africa and they basically can, I've seen them say some of the most ridiculous things to the Africans right. and instead of the Africans pushing back and saying, hey, hold it, this is not going to fly. Instead, the Africans are afraid, just inherently fear of the white person without any, for no good reason whatsoever, except that we have been programmed to feel inferior. So on an individual basis, we continue to speak the gospel of truth. We continue to shed the light as to the brainwashing that, is, that the African has been put through, wherein lies the problem. When you look at what is being done at the World Bank, for example, the Britain Woods institutions, the, the frivolous loans, countries that have never defaulted on their, on their loan repayments, and right. yet they're still given large interest rates. Why? Countries like the United States that don't need any help, right. they get in loans at zero interest rates. You look at the issue, I'm glad President Biden I hear he's going to be talking about having the AU as the 51st member of the G20. Well, let's also take it to the next level. Let's go to the United Nations. Let's have Africa, 1.4 right. billion people. They need to come to the table. Let's African Union be the sixth member of the five-member UN Security Council. You can't just totally disregard 1.4 billion people because you've gotten away with it for centuries. Well, guess what? Game is over. Africans are waking up. Africans are beginning to realize and understand the game that have been pl played. Unfortunately, we don't have that critical mass of people who are continuously going to speak truth to power. Right. The good thing with the, Af the story of Africa is ours, we are coming from a position of righteousness, right. a position of truth, a position of fact. Right. Those are constants. They don't change. Let's continue to give the world an overdose of our truth. But at the same time, while we are doing so, and demanding a world that is fair, that is just, and free of right. racism, bigotry, and hate. We must also work on our own development and our own awakening as a people. Talk to me a little bit about how Africa can take advantage of its, of its intellectual connection and assets to entrepreneurs who have left, but may want to help um, Africa back, because this is one of your major initiatives. Absolutely, the brain drain that started over 400 years ago when the best and the brightest and the fittest were taken out of Africa forcibly. And that, that is when the brain drain started. I want to make sure that is very clear. Hmm. And when we talk about African diaspora, we're talking about all people of African descent living outside of Africa. Hmm. Let's be very clear, African-Americans, they are Africans who were forcibly taken out of Africa, plus the continued brain drain 
those who are later immigrants who left Africa running away from famine, from wars, in search of greener pastures. The end result is, as we speak, Africa has a serious deficit of expertise. Right. However, the, the, uh, the good news for Africa is that we have a very young, intelligent, vibrant population that needs opportunities. So when we can marry the age group of young, intelligent Africans with the expertise coming from the diaspora, we can see an Africa that can propel itself to take its rightful place on the world stage like it once was. So yes, the diaspora are an important comp component of Africa's development. Make no mistake about that. All the African leaders are fully aware of that. All the African leaders are in full support of coming up with programs to make it easier for the diaspora to move back. We want to look at diaspora who can come to Africa, not just focus on a country that you were born born in, but if you are a person of African descent, Africa should matter to you. Africa should be your problem. You must own Africa's problems, understand it, and participate in the development of Africa. For when we have a stable Africa, it ultimately, it now also correlates with an African-American who is anchored. It correlates with right. an Afro-Caribbean who is anchored. It correlates with an Afro-Latino who is anchored. Right. Currently, descendants of the formerly enslaved they're like a ship uh, without an anchor. You, the wind blows that way, here they go. Until they're anchored by being accepted by Africa, until they're anchored by participating in the development of Africa, the Jews do it, the Chinese do it, the Indians do it, the Irish do it, African-Americans together with the Afri continental Africans. We must make sure that we work together to participate in the development of Africa because the development right. and the building of the Africa we want, it is our responsibility first and foremost and ours alone. Right. Ours, others are welcome to come join us. Others are welcome to help us. Others are welcome to engage us as equal partners, but we must own the building of the Africa that we want as a united friend of, of the African diaspora. Well, I want to make a deal with you, Ambassador. I want this to be a start of a conversation with you that we have many other times. I think it's a very important conversation, and I'm grateful to you, Ambassador Adikana Chihombori Kwao, former African Union diplomat and founder of the Africa Diaspora Development Initiative. Thanks for your candor, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, and keep up the good work. These are messages that we must continue to put out because the average American is not aware the average European uh, citizen is not aware of what the various Western governments are doing. The atrocities have been going on for far too long. They must come to an end. And your program is doing a great job in getting these messages out. We must inform and educate our citizens. Thank you, Ambassador. Thank you so much. All right. I know it was a bit of a lengthy listen, but it was worth it in my opinion. And I have to give her a round of applause. She has very eloquently stated every argument, every conversation we have had here on Coffee Into. Without a doubt, we have echoed her sentiments. Probably not have put them the way she has. Very, as eloquent as she spoke, it was still very simple for everyone to understand, to be able to grasp the concepts, the ideologies, the need for us to check ourselves and then check those who want to control us. 
I have said it several times here on Coffee and Toe that the U.S. playbook is outdated. China recognized that the way they were doing things was not befitting. Did they take a play? Did they take a page out of the Portuguese's handbook from centuries ago? I don't know. But you cannot go in guns blaring all the time. You have to be strategic. And I'm glad, ecstatic, if I can find another word to, to um, showcase exactly how I feel. I am so glad to hear her speak out and say the very things that we feel, the things that we have said right here. You cannot be a bully anymore. It's not going to work. And how are you going to be engaging but not telling what this engagement is about so that you too can prepare and counter? Because in doing so, what you're saying is it's my way or no way. Take it or leave it. I put the link. Thank you, Audrey, for requesting the link. I did put the link in the chat. So please copy the link, grab it, whatever, so you can go back to it. Listen to it again if you weren't able to hear it properly or in its entirety. It's time for us to wake up. And this marrying of those on the continent and those in the, 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 in the diaspora also speaks to something that we have spoken about as it relates to the Caribbean marrying the those in the diaspora from the caribbean with those in in developing countries or developed countries we have spoken about that and the need for it and the importance of it and how it is going to be the way forward for developing countries we spoke about the brain drain and we spoke why the brain we spoke about why the brain drain happened marketing and positioning It's time for us to rebuild. Love her. And yes, Sir Kells, I agree. I would love to be just like her when I grow up. I'm going to read some comments from the chat. Um, Sonette said she is in an advisory position. I wish she would advise others. I'm sure she has, Sonette, but will they be willing to take the advice? Many you know, as we celebrate Women's History Month, I applaud her for her voice. I thank her for her voice. May those who have heard listen. Take counsel, wise counsel from her. Also from the chat, a beloved comunidad says the U.S. has no capacity to engage without racism. Naming and excavating it must be an integral part of any plan, not wait to react, not compel Africans to name it. It needs to be named and addressed first and most clearly. And if it seeps out, it must be addressed. Donald said she was removed from her position because she was highlighting some of the inequalities. She was also a very strong advocate for the diaspora to be included. But isn't that what always happens? The strong get removed, they're taken out, 
because you're looked at as a threat. How dare you go against our agenda? Isn't that what always happens? Anyone who speaks out for what is right, what is just, always faces challenges of some degree. Yes, Sir Kells, I want to be just like her when I grow up. Donald said they did not like the way she was addressing the West, which alludes to what she said. If we do not, and, and goes back to what beloved Comunidad said, if we do not eradicate racism, we will not be respected. And those who endorse racism in any shape, way, or form must not be entertained. It's 2023. We're pedaling backwards, it seems, if you ask me. Dre said, Marcus Garvey, Garvey spoke about this and nobody seems to be taking his advice from a black man. From you a black man, you're an African. She mentioned something that we pointed out here to Dre's point. She referenced the Chinese do it, the Jews do it, the Indians do it, the Irish do it. So what about us? Isn't that something I have begged for here several times? Can we pull together for good? Can we be a force to be reckoned with? We have economical power that we can't seem to recognize how powerful we are. I don't think we realize it. Our dollar speaks volumes. Go right ahead. Go right ahead, please. In our moments, I don't think it's a thing of can we. I think it's more of a thing of we must or we're gonna or we're gonna perish. Yes. Simple as there's there's no like a new world is is dawning, yeah. And in this new age, yeah, unless we fix up, we're gonna sink. So whatever holes in the boat need to patch up, they need to patch up. And fix up good, because the, the 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 you know the seas that we're gonna be you know sailing over are gonna be quite rough if we don't. So I don't even think it's a case of can we anymore. Is we must. It's do or die time. Simple as. There's no. We've had you know way too long enough. Now, so I personally think we're at a stage where it's do or die. Either we do it or we're or we're gonna perish. Simple as. Yeah. Hmm. Dre, you make a valid point. I think there is some confusion, and I think I'm not sure why there is confusion, but I'm going to read Dre's point. And I think it's in reference to what she's saying as it relates to the African Americans recognizing that they are African. They're claiming to be fully indigenous to the Americas. So. That divide is there. They are segregating themselves. So what do we do? Do we just carry on with everybody else and leave them alone? And when they figure it out, hopefully it's not too late. Or do we still fight for them to join forces? 
I don't think it's a case where we have to fight for anybody to join forces. There is enough willing and able people in the diaspora that is open to, to collaborations and open to the idea of being linked or even going, you know, doing businesses and so with Africa. I think it's a, we just have to focus on that. And as she, she so ably point out, it's the messaging. We have to change the messaging. Once the messaging changed, then you would see more and more people being receptive to it. You understand? Mm -hmm. I hear people now speaking about visiting Africa, people that never even would have entertained the conversation before are all talking about going to Africa. It's the next hot thing. You understand? You have a lot of African-Americans stating that when they go to countries in Africa, it feels so different because they don't have to worry about not being, you know, how about being black? They're just another person just having fun and enjoying themselves. She has been advocating for this stuff and she has been pressing very hard on the diaspora and the unity of the diaspora. She's been talking about things like the doctors that we have serving African doctors in the U.S. Could probably go back to every African country and change the situation there. Mm -hmm. So there are conversations to be had and um. I think there was people, I said remote, she was not remote. She did one tenure, and her, her, she was never renewed. And I think it was because people were thinking she was ruffling too much feathers, but she hmm. called it as it was. You understand? She spoke about France and um, the monies that African countries put in France on the France stock exchange, on the, on the stock market and stuff like that, and the, the rates and how it is lent or not lent. Uh, and the access to, to, to the African countries. These countries, yes, you might say, oh, it's safer to keep your money in France, but if those people were to pull their money out of France, France would crash overnight. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that, you know? Why, why aren't we have roads and railroads and different stuff going to Africa? It's so difficult to travel in between some countries in Africa that are neighboring. Some phone calls from one country to another is royalty through friends. So they get some money out of everything we do. Why can't we do it ourselves? Thank you so much um, for your, your comments, Donna. Um, hey, uh, moment, can I say something real quick? Yeah, man, go right ahead, Apple. Yeah, I think what, what takes place right now is that um, with African Americans and the whole African thing, um, more than one thing that take place with them. It's like they've started to read because everybody knows the history. Oh, a slavery will, um, will come over here by it. And not no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? But persons start to realize that Africans actually came over here on their like hundreds of thousands of years. You know what I mean? Probably when life just started, you know what I mean, in, in the world, in the continent, Africa. And, you know, start to um, build boats and they start to like willingly on their own um, come over like all over the place, Africa, India, Asia, Europe, you know what I mean? So some person, some, so some of the African-Americans, I say, oh, so I realized that they didn't just come on a slavery alone and come over here. Um, them come over here on their own, so that made, so it's like they must say, hey, them indigenous to the land. Cause we're over here before even some of the, the Native Americans, them. You know what I mean? So it, it, that that's one thing. Why they must hear them must say, you're them indigenous, and 
even some of you watch some documentary with some of the Native Americans, I'm telling you that hey, we come and see these darker skinned people, these Africans, they were already here and them integrated. Look on what takes place with the Seminole Indians in uh, Florida, them integrated, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so it, it's like that, um, that knowledge where a lot of them start to uh, 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 come into now. You know what I mean? Oh, so we indigenous to the land all along. We weren't just slaves who were supposed to be taken and, uh, and brought over here. So, so, uh, so um, that's a one. And then you have the whole division thing will take place. You know what I mean? <laughs> that that are the next thing will kind of uh, uh, drive a wedge between the whole African-American and Africa right now. You get what I mean? I say, uh, because some Africans and not only Africans, but some Caribbeans, them come over here, you know what I mean, and this whole division thing, oh, stay far from African-American and all the, these things. So it's like the African-Americans are like, yo, wait a minute. So if I never for we, nobody couldn't come over here. That's number one. No Asian, no African, no Caribbean, if I never for we, and the movements and getting hose dung and dog bite and club outside the head. If I never for we, a, a march on the streets and all these things, nobody couldn't come over here. So how come we come over here now after rally food and put with life and give up with life actually for now? Uh, 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 turn our nose up against we and have this for say, say about us, you know what I mean? So them start to kind of draw back from that and it's like, no, man, we well, start rally for these people. Enough about this Pan-Africanism. I mean, uh, you know, uh, some some Africans even come and I say, hey, before them come over here, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, they must say the African Americans have no culture, but yes, still they try to dress like them. <laughs> You try to talk like them. You 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 start the rap music. When I might do it on a phone or own way. When I start, you know what I mean. So when I say we have the culture, but yes, still we not follow everything what we do. Make it make sense. And then you have the whole um as I said, uh, some Africans you watch some videos. Them tell you straight up say, hey, look, we vetted before we come over here. We have to go through some kind of interview, and them tell us. They, they must say, oh, if you see a, a, a black guy with them pants sagging, you know, he's gangster, stay far from him, uh, don't talk to them, you know what I mean? You have Asian people say the same thing, they come over here, them, them come and say the same thing. Hey, uh, uh, some Asian person say, look, um, him, him, him grandfather tell him, say, make sure him, him, him stay far from these African-Americans, don't talk to them, stay far from them. Yeah, I'm not a fuck if I come pick you from school, I'm a see you talk to none of them. Yo, you have to come out of my house. And him tell him, grandfather say, all right, when he might bring him home, him stop and say, look, I'm not coming inside, call my, my mom, make sure come pick me up, cause I'm not stay with you. You get what I say? So, I whole heap of thing I go on and with the whole going, um, uh, what do you call it, year of the return for Ghana uh, uh, and some of the Senegal and some of these other African um, countries I do right now. I have African-Americans and persons from the Caribbean, hey, come back home, come back home and stuff like that. You know, it's like uh, you have Asians as well as, uh, you know, um, other European players start to see what take place. That, hey, hey, these African-Americans, these Caribbeans, they might go back home and they start to uh, invest in other countries. They might build better roads because what? They learn the, 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 the trail over here. They certify and they might bring something new to the continent. They might help invest. They might start real estate, better the road. You name it. You get what I say? So 
it's like all of a sudden now it's like this whole division thing start to get even bigger than before you know what i mean and again you might have some african-americans where you know realize who just go off for the fact that yo you know what i mean the africans are taught this about them or caribbean are taught this about them so i try to say you know what we are still over here so we're gonna stay over there so and you have some who actually know say yo coming together where we can start something new and unite and you know build something big and you know some of them just have an agent towards the whole situation so it's a, a whole different thing that take place you know what i mean right. a whole different awakening and 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 some division thing but i feel like african people just put that aside and just realize yo just unity are the, are the way to go build up africa and just take part just take part in a developing or um um the continent where i'm mostly under there but you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm mostly under there and we can come together and we can get a hold of these resources as well and make the continent even bigger and better than before um, right. you know what i mean but me i drive i'm in a traffic yes so focus land, focus land, focus yeah land for now, so give thanks <laughs> thank you Alpha. and i just want to say this real quick indigenous originating or occurring naturally in a particular place native original so if you leave one country and go to another you're not indigenous to that country that you have gone to all right so just want to remind us of what the word indigenous means okay so Uh, so sorry one question yeah Yeah, you're right about that yeah i write about that but when you come you leave your country and you go somewhere with nobody's like it's like I just you alone, you know what I mean? Yeah, you alone. Nobody, no other race, nothing. And then you start to see other people start to uh, come. You know what I mean? That is where them kind of say, "Hey, yo, we indigenous guy, we come at this place. Uh, nobody is not there. I just we." And then we start to see other people start to uh, come oh. about and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> so you have historians, uh, uh, yeah, ahead, I come out and uh, yeah, you have historians uh, come out and I uh, say, "Yo, because every the deeper them dig, who them always are fine." The black man, them, you know what I mean? The, um, the, 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 the Mayans, all them something. They, they, if you go look on some of the drawings of the Mayan, um, a black, a black people, them have tombs. So I'm not sure where them pull the tombs of some of these Mayan places, not in a um, uh, pyramids or temple in a, in a, in a Mexico. Black people, them have find pyramids where you could build in Egypt, um, in a Colorado, and you know what I mean, and, and all these places. So like, they must say, yo, them people, you really. They're bored, you know, them just branch out and go everywhere. And you know what I mean? And then after a while, people them start to see other people start to come and them start to integrate with other with these other people. And you know what I mean? All right, so I gotta cut you, gotta cut you, because I gotta go to break. Gotta cut you. Sorry, thank you, Afo. Gotta take a quick break when we return. We will have more stories and more conversation. give a big thank you to everyone logged on and listening online janoradio.com j-a-h-k-n-o download the jano radio app it is available in the apple and google play stores jano radio take us on the go thank you also to everyone listening on the quality music zone qmzradio.com for quality music while you work or play keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com 
Drinkwater.com for that good music to get you through your day. Can't be English, that had to be French. Or some of them just talk the most, like they know it all. But if the ground water slip and I fall, it's them so I go. Drink water and mind my business. Mind my business. Drink water and mind my business. I go drink water and mind my business. Gotta give a big thank you to everyone rocking with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Thank you so much. Appreciate ya. People you think is your friend, them only they cause you have money to spend. Or some of them that stalk the most, like they know it all. But when your head hot and gassy your way, who you that's called? I go drink water and mind my business. Drink water and mind my business. I go drink water and mind my business. Drink water and mind my business. Let's drink our water. And mind other people's business right here in Cafinto. <laughs> All right, up next, China's rich flea crackdowns for Asia's Switzerland. And that is the country of Singapore. Story courtesy of AlJazeera.com. Before he vanished in mid-February, Bao Fan, one of China's best-known investment bankers, had reportedly been looking for a safe place to park his wealth. The founder of China Renaissance was in the process of establishing a private wealth management company in Singapore to transfer money out of China and Hong Kong. That's according to the Financial Times in a report made last month, citing four people familiar with the plans. Bao who has joined a long list of influential businessmen to suddenly disappear in China, is just one of a growing number of wealthy Chinese business people who have looked to Singapore, dubbed the Switzerland of Asia, to escape Beijing's crackdowns on private industry and corruption. Wealth has flooded into Singapore from China and Hong Kong in recent years. That's according to a wealth manager at a Singaporean bank with a large number of Chinese clientele who spoke on condition of anonymity. All right. The rich are, you know, the rich are always going to try to protect their riches, child. Can't escape that. Next up, Israeli government in crisis and Netanyahu to speak on judicial plan story courtesy of Al Jazeera. Israel's president, Isaac Herzog, has called on Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and the ruling coalition to halt its divisive judicial changes plan for the sake of the unity of the people of Israel, for the sake of responsibility. The appeal on Monday by the head of state, who normally does not get involved in politics, underlines the alarm that the proposals have caused and comes after a dramatic night of protests across Israel. We hop on over to Nepal for our next story, also courtesy of Al Jazeera. The Civil Aviation Authority of Nepal, CANN, has suspended two employees of the Air Traffic Controller Department for carelessness. The aviation body spokesperson, Jagannath, has told the Press Trust of India News Agency. Nepal's Khan on Sunday wrote to the Director General of Civil Aviation of India to probe why the Air India plane 
which was on hold at an altitude of 5,800 meters or 19,000 feet due to high traffic at the Kathmandu airport, suddenly descended and narrowly missed colliding with the Nepal Airlines aircraft flying at an altitude of 15,000 feet. Oh boy, we can't have those mishaps. Next up, Taiwan welcomes Czech delegation after Honduras shifts allegiance. And we do have a soundbite for that one as well. Friends make way for new ones. That's the result of the latest round of diplomacy for Honduras. As the country establishes relations with China, the foreign ministers of both countries putting on a display of solidarity shortly after signing a joint communique. For China, there is more to this than just Honduras. The Republic of Honduras severs its so-called diplomatic relations with Taiwan as of this day and undertakes not to have any further official relations or exchanges with Taiwan. Honduras foreign ministers confirmed a break in relations with Taiwan saying the decisions based on the economic needs of the country. Generally speaking, they are interested in how the country is moving forward and how to continue working together based on mutual interests, defense, security and the fight against organized crime. These are themes that are normally on our agendas. Taiwan's president, however, hinted China has been luring away its allies through financial diplomacy. We will not compete with China in the meaningless checkbook diplomacy. In the past years, China has been trying every means to suppress Taiwan's international participation, escalating military threats to us and impacting regional peace. Taiwan is now left with only 13 countries officially recognizing the island as independent from mainland China. The United States being its main backer, even though Washington hasn't established official relations with the country. At stake is China's growing footprint in Latin America, where it has so far poured more than $130 billion. El Salvador, Nicaragua, Panama and the Dominican Republic have already switched allegiances from the U.S. Honduras's announcement is also a blow to Joe Biden's administration, a sign Washington could be gradually losing its grasp on Latin America. Hodad Hamid, Al Jazeera. All right. Well, another one bites the dust. Okay. Next up. It's time for stories out of North America. Mississippi tornado recovery tough for low-income residents. Story courtesy of the Associated Press. A massive tornado obliterated the modest one-story home that Kimberly Berry shared with her two daughters in the Mississippi Delta flatlands, leaving only a foundation and some random belongings, a toppled refrigerator, a dresser and matching nightstand, a bag of Christmas decorations, and some clothing. During the storm on Friday, Berry and her 12-year-old daughter huddled and prayed at a nearby church that was barely damaged, while her 25-year-old daughter survived in the hard-hit town of Rolling Fork, some 15 miles away. Barry shook her head as she looked at the remains of their material possessions. She said she's grateful she and her children are still alive. I can get this all back, she said. This is nothing. She's 46 years old and works as a supervisor at a catfish growing and processing operation. She's fighting depression, 
saying she's not going to get depressed about it. Like many people in this economically um, struggling area, she faces an uncertain future. Mississippi is one of the poorest states in the United States, and the majority black delta has long been one of the poorest parts of Mississippi, a place where many people work paycheck to paycheck in jobs tied to agriculture. Two of the country's counties, sorry, walloped by the tornado, Sharkey and Humphreys, are among the most sparsely populated in the state, with only a few thousand residents and communities scattered across wide expanses of cotton, corn, and soybean fields. Have they declared it a natural disaster yet? The areas? Someone's mic is open. Go right ahead. I'm not looking at this. Okay, Donald. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Please declare. But I just want to um, touch on the story you just read about China. Yes, go if, right if ahead. I, if I may. Yes, please. So now, you know, while the U.S. is busy thinking that every South and Central America country is just interested in sending immigrants to climb a wall and to come across the border, you're laughing, but it's serious. It's serious. The China is moving in and making meaningful deals with these people to help them to solve their problem. Be it at the benefits of China, yes. But while the U.S. is sleeping, China is pumping billions in these countries. Sooner or later, we would wake up and everybody would be complaining as to why China is taking over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you there, Donald, or is it me? Yeah, I'm here. I'm oh, here. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'm saying, you know, like the U.S. keep losing the plot right through. Mm-hmm. And people are just waking up and saying, listen, going are the days when we would just be hat in hand to the U.S. The Chinese are coming. They are not perfect. But we prefer to deal with them because at least they give us some say in what we decide. Yes, they, they have contracts tied to resources and so on, but it's better off than what we get from the West mm-hmm. because at least China don't come and lecture to us. And I think the U.S. should take note. Yeah. As was pointed out by the ambassador, right? Take note. Okay, so I found this. Yes, so President Joe Biden on Sunday issued an emergency declaration for Mississippi and is making federal funding available to hardest hit areas. All right, so that's some good news. Ah, <laughs> Sir Kells, don't push it, don't push it. Sir Kells says China needs to build a military base in Honduras. Thank you for your comments, Donald. Next up, uh, death toll climbs to seven in Pennsylvania candy factory explosion as all missing individuals are accounted for officials say. Story courtesy of CNN. Two additional bodies have been found by search and rescue teams working to locate missing individuals after the explosion of an eastern Pennsylvania candy factory last week, raising the incident's death toll to seven people. We do believe them to be the remaining presumptive missing individuals. That's according to Wayne Holborn, chief of the West Reading Police Department, when speaking at a news conference. Now that all missing individuals have been accounted for, the focus will shift to an investigation of the explosion. The explosion erupted uh, shortly before 5 p.m. on Friday, leveling the R.M. Palmer Company facility and stunning West Reading, a community of about 4,500. And this community has been home to the Chocolatiers operation for more than 
six decades. Um, on the news last night, I heard, well, one gentleman whose relative was in the explosion that they were looking for still, and he, him remaining hopeful, did mention that workers had complained about smelling gas and it went ignored. You don't play around with gas. Even in your house, you smell anything that so smells like gas, call in who you need to call in, get the heck out. It, if you're smelling gas, there is a leak somewhere. So, get ready to write these checks because lawsuits are coming. Shift in San Francisco politics serves as warning from Asian American voters to Democrats in 2024. Story courtesy of CNN Politics. Aline Ju used to vote in a simple, rapid manner. Scan the names on the ballot and pick the Asian-sounding names. That was before 2020. Something turned on during the pandemic and lit a fire, said Ju, a Chinese-American mother of two girls, ages three and five, living on the west side of San Francisco. Throughout the pandemic, Ju watched as violent hate crimes against Asian Americans brought fair to the community with not enough response from local law enforcement or prosecutors. As the school closures wore on and on in California, Jew saw her local school board discuss progressive policy issues like renaming schools ahead of focusing on simply returning students to the classroom. Jew, who generally considers herself a Democrat, recalled her anger at liberal local politicians. They care about policies that don't really help someone who just lives in the city and just wants to be safe who wants their kids to be educated as well. They forgot the core problems for regular people. I wanted to do something to try to change and take that power back. It was fair and frustration, a lot of frustration that I turned into action. Her involvement began with stuffing envelopes for recall campaigns against the district attorney and several school board members and then grew. She even appeared in Chinese language campaign ads for a moderate Democrat running for city supervisor. It was a political awakening replicated by varying degrees by other Asian Americans in San Francisco, resulting in a series of political upheavals in one of the United States's most progressive cities, including a moderate white man unseating a progressive Chinese American incumbent for supervisor of the majority Asian American Sunset District. California activists warned that these shifts in the politics of San Francisco, a place that has long been a beacon for progressives, are a signal to national Democrats ahead of 2024 and that the party needs a course correction with the fastest growing racial group in the U.S., Asian Americans. Hmm. All right. Uh, who is the governor for California, Newsom? Is he going to pay attention? Go right ahead. Sonette, was that you? Go right ahead. I mean, I was going to say that it seemed like that was a San Francisco-specific bit, but, um, yeah, Newsom, is he paying attention? Um, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, it is. It is. San Francisco has a higher population of Chinese than the rest of the state, um, but I don't know. 
<laughs> okay, thank you, Sunette. Well, we will wait and see what happens. Hmm. Okay, beloved comunidad says in the chat, it's the white identified Asians with wealth issues in San Francisco. Interesting. All right, we stay tuned for more. Yeah, the ones who live down in Menlo Park too. Oh, all right. Go ahead, James. Yeah, yeah. America, American politics is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it has to do with groups and people done anything else like it, it's just confusing because it just seemed like if you're part of a group like the plan going forward is to grow your group and so you have the numbers that will threaten whichever party to to, to lean towards you like if you if you're you know asian american then you grow your your your, your group like latin american you know you, you, you make sure that the numbers are up in terms of like our vote counts mm -hmm. you know lgbtq movement our numbers can can swing the election and it just it just seemed like a method that's not sustainable mm -hmm. you know like as i said here in canada like people vote on health care people vote on um like child care and education like they're, they're not voting on like people like you know they, they vote on like security like the, the people want to feel safe but you, you, like in any election, you not you don't see like any group stand out like you know Jewish Canadian or you know Latino Canadian like like I've never seen an election where people are targeting a particular sector of people mm -hmm. a particular group to to swing the election they part they target like interest like um, certain people are more interested in um, free education than you know upgrading the free healthcare that we have already and 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 different parties will target they'll, they'll they'll run their campaign based on free education and the other party would just say like okay we're going to go we're going to make sure that we're going to add dental care mm -hmm. because dental care is not free in canada like and stuff like that so policies not people so it's kind of weird i don't think it's sustainable though mm. it's not sustainable because right. yeah a group groups are going to feel left out blacks are going to feel left out Asian Americans are going to feel left out. People from the LGBTQ are going to feel left out. Like um, Christians, conservative. So yeah, policies, not people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you, James, and thank you, Comunidad. Okay, next up, race left out of Rosa Parks' story in revised weekly lesson text for Florida schools highlights confusion with Florida law. Story courtesy of CNN Studies Weekly, a publisher that provides educational periodicals for Florida's K through six grades, revised one of their lesson plans for the 2022 to 2023 school year to take out race as the reason Rosa Parks was told to change her bus seat and why she was subsequently arrested. The initial text, which reportedly said Parks was told to move to a different seat because of the color of her skin, was edited because individuals in our curriculum team severely overreacted in their interpretation of HB7 and made unapproved revisions. Florida's House Bill 7 restricts what can be taught to students about certain topics 
including race. It went into effect as law last July and requires schools to submit instructional material to the State Department of Education for textbook review. Studies Weekly says... The revisions were missed due to errors in the quality assurance process, and they have taken corrective action and implemented safeguards to ensure nothing like this happens again. (laughs) Idaho is the latest state to permit execution by firing squad, story courtesy of NPR. Idaho may soon use firing squads to execute death row inmates if no lethal injection drugs are available. And that's under a new law signed last week. On Friday, Republican Governor Brad Little signed House Bill 186, which permits state prison officials to carry out executions using a method that has not been employed in the U.S. in more than a decade. For the people on death row, a jury convicted them of their crimes and they were lawfully sentenced to death little said in a letter after signing the bill it is the responsibility of the state of idaho to follow the law and ensure that lawful criminal sentences are carried out the aclu of idaho called little's signing of the law extremely disappointing and said that though it opposed all forms of capital punishment firing squad are especially gruesome the law takes effect on july 1st to help new students adapt some colleges are eliminating grades this story also courtesy of npr joy malak floundered through her freshman year in college she said i had to learn how to balance my finances I had to learn how to balance work and school and the relationship I'm in. The hardest part about being a new college student, Malak said, is not the coursework. It's learning how to be an adult. That took a toll on her grades. It didn't do well, said Malak, who powered through and is now in her sophomore year as a neuroscience and literature double major at the University of California, Santa Cruz. It took a while for me to detangle my sense of self-worth from the grades that I was getting. It made me consider switching out of my major a handful of times. Experiences like these are among the reasons behind a growing movement to stop assigning conventional A through F letter grades uh, to first-year college students and sometimes upper-class men. I'm sorry, I got a little distracted because I just got a news alert from um, WSVN, suspect dead after shooting at a Nashville private school. Here we go again, another one. Anyway. Let me get back to it. Called on grading. The idea is meant to ease the transition to higher education, especially for freshmen who are the first in their families to go to college or who were not well prepared for college level work in high school and need more time to master it. But advocates say the most important reason to adopt an on grading is that students have become so preoccupied with grades they are not actually learning. How do we feel about this? For those of us who have gone through college, whether we've finished it or did some years and or went through grad, um, post-grad, doctorate, how do we feel about this? Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Get a grade, figure it out. 
That's what I say too. We have to figure it out. I'm sorry. So I may sound harsh. We have to figure it out. You can figure it out. Um, spend less time at the beach at Santa Cruz and go to class. <laughs> okay. No. My husband's a college professor, and he if he has to take the time to go through all the paperwork and see what you're doing, and I have to hear him complain about you students not doing what you're doing, go to class, figure out all your social stuff. Your parents should be helping you. God forbid you don't have parents, in it, and I hope you do. But the last year of high school, the last year of high school does not count in all the grades you make toward going to college because you do that in the 11th grade, right? Mm -hmm. Start preparing then. Someone... Let's go back to high school. They should start preparing them for, when you go to college, guess what? You're going to be on your own. Perhaps that should be dealt with there. Instead of going to college in your first year and now you don't get grades because it's too much to handle. Oh, my God, I'm so stressed out. Ah, <laughs> okay. oh, Sunette. When I read it, I was like, huh? Huh? How many people have come from the Caribbean? from Africa, Latin America, working two jobs, looking after families, still go to college and still get those A's and B's and get that degree. And did it. And did it. Are we encouraging the, the um, entitled mentality are we coddling people a bit too much making everybody soft and I understand she has her family she works but she's not the first to do it go ahead go right ahead well man, when it comes to that I think it's a, a double-edged sword to tell you the truth because I think there are curriculums where people go in there are people that come out with the A's and so on and cannot apply what they should have learned. There are people <laughs> that are very good at cramming or, or figuring out what past questions. I know people used to just go to the library, do a couple past questions. They know some aspect of it will be repeated. But if you ask them to break down the curriculum, if you ask them to break down the such area, they literally doesn't know. Or two weeks after the exam, because they cram for the exam, they know nothing. I think our method of education has to change. Mm -hmm. You understand? And there are people who just terrible at exams, who get disadvantaged, not necessarily because they do not know the, the coursework, but they just don't perform on the exam itself. You understand? So I, I could understand there is, there is both sides to it. Okay. On the other hand, you can't just give people a pass and say, oh, you don't need to do exams and stuff like that. But I think the way sometimes we prepare, even with lecturers, I knew a lecturer that as long as you went through his course, you will pass because the way he did it, he gave you the information before and you discuss it and have active discussions and so in class that you must leave the class with a certain amount of knowledge. And I've gone to lectures where they have all the, the, the degrees in the world and they come and read the textbook. Mm -hmm. And I just did not go back to class, read the summary of every chapter. I know I would do good enough to pass because she just regurgitated or he just regurgitated what's in the book. And that's it. But ask me if I really learned the topic areas. No, I just do enough to pass. Hmm. So it's a catch-22. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Sunette. Thank you, Donald. We cannot <sighs> remove standards. Let me put it that way. And I, it, it seems as though that's where we're headed in every facet of life. Removing standard, removing something to work towards, just making it, giving everybody a quote unquote soft life. Mind you, I'm not an advocate of removing standards and I'm not an advocate of not having a certain level of competency. Mm -hmm. If you do a course or anything, you should have a certain level of competency to, to, to consider yourself a past or accomplish in that area. Right. But maybe we need to, to revise how we're going about doing it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Go ahead, James. Yeah, yeah, moments. Um, what if what if the standards that were originally set were deliberately to disadvantage a certain group of people? Because we have had the conversation for for decades in Jamaica that um, the the CXC exams, a lot of those exams that um, we we have a certain um, amount of um, students doing the exam, but in reality, there's only space for like 10 percent of those people that are doing the exam to go to like a so-called traditional high school where the level is going to be a, a better level of education more like qualified teachers and stuff you like mean that. the gsat or yeah like from oh, okay. cxc from back in the days the cxc the gc gce those exams that over the years were like you know kids commit suicide because they don't pass their cxc like the level of stress that kids used to go through and as Donald mentioned, like, you know, no, the known fact that a lot of students um, are not good on exams, like they, they'll be so good in classes, but when it comes down to exam, like they fail exam and they're wondering like why they fail even though they're... So I don't think it's a bad idea to revisit certain things, mm -hmm. but I think you have to re revisit with caution. And maybe maybe do like a, a, a trial run, like with a few schools and see how you compare with what was set out traditionally already. But certain traditions, because like even in um the, the, the system, because, okay, like for example, like in, in, in Jamaica, like we're the, the whole, we talk about it in this room a lot, like lawyers, everybody's prepared to be lawyers, doctors, nurses, but there's only so many jobs for those people. Mm -hmm. What about trades? What about this? And, and, and people thinking that, okay, a degree or, or a certain level of education, if you can't, if you, if you don't have the capacity to get that, that you're worthless. You don't, you're you not worth the same as someone that can go to Sixth Farm. And, you know, so it's, it's okay to revisit, but I would say like revisit with caution. Mm -hmm. Don't dumb it down for people. Like how like we have the, the autocorrect now on our text message that doing everything for us but if you're going to revisit it revisit it with caution all right thank you so much all right gotta keep it rolling thank you thank you james um in believe it or not stories mm -mm -mm. a mississippi woman shoots and kills her husband on facebook live but TikTok is the problem, right? Uh, a Mississippi woman was arrested on Saturday after allegedly shooting and killing a man during a Facebook live stream. Khadija Michelle Brown, 28, was charged with murder and booked into the Lowndes County Adult Detention Center. The sheriff's office responded to a domestic violence report at a residence around 7.42 a.m. Upon arrival, 
Officers located the body of Jeremy Brown. The 28-year-old victim died from a single gunshot wound. The dispatch reports that Brown and the victim were husband and wife. According to law enforcement officials, Brown began arguing with the victim and things became physical. Brown then allegedly shot the man. There was a history of domestic violence between Brown and the victim. This was a tragic and senseless murder, and our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of the victim. Fortunately, Brown is in custody, and we look forward to the criminal justice system holding her accountable. A handgun and other evidence were recovered from the home. Additionally, the audio of the shooting was captured on video during a Facebook Live. The phone was thrown down during the stream, and a gunshot could be heard. TikTok is the problem, though, right? That's what I'm saying. TikTok is the problem. Um, so, <laughs> th- thank you, Aunt Teflon. Thank you so much. Um, hmm. Question. So, in my mind, I'm sounding like Yemi Alade. In my mind. Um. What did Yemi say? I, I, no, I don't know. question. <laughs> this is the way she oh. says question. <laughs> uh, where's my Johnny <laughs> in that song? Where's my Johnny? Johnny, oh, <laughs> that one. But question. Four hours. What came out of those four hours, really and truly? Isn't TikTok doing the same thing that Facebook and Meta? I'm, I'm sorry, Facebook and IG owned by Meta is doing and what twitter is doing what's the difference somebody enlighten me aren't they all sharing our data selling our data china is a difference chinese they are chinese so they can't be doing the same thing Mm, interesting right really interesting hold on a second i downloaded this i'm gonna play it real quick hold on Oh, Congress, boy, you have really done it. We're not going to, you, you said that you wanted your 90 minutes of our average time back per, te- per day to give to the networks. We're not doing that, but I do have a new fun thing we can do if TikTok is banned. I personally don't think it's going to be banned. I think there's going to be some kind of a compromise, but I don't know if we're going to like the compromise. But anyway, if we were to at some point lose access... We would go and do a fun little thing called CapitalTrades.com. And that is where we can look at all of the crazy Shiite Congress does on the stock market. They buy and sell, and it's very interesting. You should see these. Like, for instance, Dan Crenshaw. He's a Republican out of Texas, and he was pretty vocal in the hearing on Thursday. Hmm, looks like he bought some Meta stock in December. You've got some Google stock, some Amazon, some Apple. You know what's awesome is that we can see anytime you buy and sell. And if we have some extra time on our hands, like maybe we don't have our favorite app to speak on, then we could take that extra time and look at the shady crap you're doing. How about Susan? Susan Delbean. She has an enormous amount of wealth being traded. $150 million plus is being traded. And 
She recently um, sold some Washington King County Municipal Security stocks. Why'd you do that, Susan? What was coming up? What kind of law was being created that you needed to sell that between 500,000 and a million dollars? Maybe we could investigate. I don't know. We're going to have extra time on our hands. What about Mike McCall? He has a $450 million bundle of wealth going on um, on this trade. Again, this is at CapitalTrade.com. You can see all this for free, public information. But back March 23rd, he bought some Conoco shares. What's going on with that? Why'd you do that? What kind of law do you know about going into effect? What are you trying to bring about? Um, what do you know that we don't know? I'm sure it's something. John, John Curtis, you've got some meta stock. You bought some over there on March 14th. I don't know. It could be sell. I'll have to look over. But you did something with some meta stock. You've got some alphabet stock. You've got some trades going on on Amazon. We're going to have more time on our hands, guys. We're going to be able to look and see what Josh is doing with his $143 million worth of securities. He last traded on February 28th. I'm just saying, it's probably not a good idea for us to be idle because we can now look into all the shady shit you're doing regularly that we never really thought about before because we were all just exchanging information freely and having a good time. The TikTok ban is not in Congress's best interest, even though they think it is because the securities they hold benefit from the banning of TikTok. Food for thought. Here's another one. Oh, Congress. Congress of University of Clownship. I mean, the USA. First and foremost, the way y'all treated Mr. True, you ought to be ashamed of yourselves. You made us all look like a bunch of idiots, and you made us look like a bunch of angry Americans. I cannot lie. I was so embarrassed by how that man was treated, and I felt terribly for him. Don't you beep at me! That man was just as kind, professional, and courteous, and patient as I have ever seen before. And every question y'all asked him, the gentleman tried to answer it, and y'all would cut him out. That ain't what I asked. Well, hell, maybe y'all need to ask it in, in kindergarten terms, because didn't nobody understand what none of y'all was trying to ask. Y'all really had that man in Congress asking him questions about Wi-Fi. Baby, you better call AT&T, because he ain't the one. What really irked my nerves is they sat up there talking about they worried about the children of this country. Let me tell you something. The last government official or important person of this country that I feel cared about our youngins was the queen one and only, Michelle Obama, when she changed the lunches to be healthy in school. Fast forward years later, and now our children are walking into school with bulletproof backpacks. But you weren't about an app and how long a child stays on an app. That ain't the app's problem, honey. That's the parent's problem. Do parents not understand that 8 o'clock they could be like, okay, it's bedtime, give me your phones? And the hypocrisy of y'all thinking that the book face ain't doing something terrible that this app ain't. I can tell you one thing. I think the book face is listening to me because every flipping time I say something to my husband like, I wonder who's got cat food on sale this week. I can open up the book face and guess what I see? Cat food ads. The clownery that I seen trying to blame this app for so many other things that other apps do as well. Y'all making me feel like y'all made me feel during COVID when we was all got stuck in our house. We couldn't leave. There was there was curfews and probations and 
Lord, everything else, which is why half of us came to this app to find companion and friendship and, you know, see what people are doing in their day-to-day -day lives. How are they getting through this terrible situation? But why ain't y'all worried about more important things in this country? Did you know that fentanyl in this country is a daggum epidemic? That every eight seconds somebody overdoses? But you worried about TikTok. I'm going to tell you what I'm worried about. I'm worried about what got told to us. And what got told to us was we're going to lower medication. We're going to... I ain't seen any of that. Matter of fact, what I have seen was a lady on TikTok the other day that had to choose between spending $1,900 on her son's insulin or $800 on her rent payment because next month it was going up from $800 to again $1,350. But now she can't afford $1,350 in rent. Why ain't y'all making it where these landlords or where these corporations cannot up these rents like this six, seven, five hundred dollars? Y'all got people packing up their stuff and choosing to live in their vehicle because they cannot afford a one-bedroom apartment any longer. You want to talk about the food prices? People can barely afford groceries nowadays. A bag of chicken is $30. I worry about homelessness in this country, children going hungry in this country, because they are, all day, every day. And I don't know what in the world's gotten underneath your butt. But for the past couple of years now, y'all can't leave anything alone. Y'all can't leave nothing alone. Why? Leave the LGBTQIA alone. Leave the trans alone. Leave everybody alone. I fell out the recliner the other day when I heard that Tennessee was going to make it a clerk's job and responsibility to allow somebody to get married or not. Since when? Since when should anybody give a clerk an authority to take somebody's human rights away? You should be able to marry whoever the hell you want to marry. But y'all just been opening up all this stuff. You want to change this and change... Unless you want to talk about Mississippi. I didn't think so, but you want to worry about an app. You want to worry about an app as if it is hard. They can have my data. What? I don't even know what data is, for goodness sakes. You ain't going to find nothing on my social media messaging except for recipes and who's got Crocs on sale for the week. Lord have mercy. I'm just so mad how they treated that man. I, Mr. Sue, if you ever see this, my apologies. I, we are not all like that, all right? The amount of disrespect you were given for four to five hours shocked the hell out of me. And let me leave y'all with this. I think it's about time we get some younger people in Congress, all right? Because let me tell you the old ones in there right now. You do something with this app like that, you ain't going to nobody's house for Christmas. And if you do, you're going to get a cold chicken leg from one of your grandchildren. You damn sure ain't getting nothing for Christmas ever again. And you definitely ain't getting invited to no more, no more family reunions. And ain't nobody going to vote for your butt. Leave stuff alone that don't need to be messed with, all right? This app wasn't doing anything to y'all, but I think it's got something to do with far more things than any of us can possibly know. I think it's got to do with money mm -hmm, and control. Mm -hmm. There are actual people that come to my page every day that suffer from agoraphobia, right? And they enjoy my come with me videos where I go to the post office, I go to Walmart. They get to see a little glimpse of what it would be like, you know, if they got to do those things, but they're not able to right now. So they enjoyed that from me. I am a mother figure to 11 million people. Whether they are the same age, younger than me, older than me, it doesn't matter. There's a little piece of their inner child getting healed because they finally know what it feels like to have a mother that actually cares about them, that checks on them, that looks them in their face and says, I'm proud of you. I believe in you. They're healing themselves. And you might think it's a dumb social media app, but it is very powerful in a good way. But y'all keep trying to poke at all these little things that you think is bad that no other app 
I mean, that all the other apps are doing. The same daggum thing. Y'all focusing on the wrong thing, honey. And you're going to be messing up 150 million people's lives. There are people that have grew their business on this account. There are people that have found their long-lost family members. They're... Yeah, those. Th I downloaded those two of the many that I came across. I understand security concerns. I do understand security concerns. But we have security concerns when every damn thing we use in this country says made in China. I'll leave that right there. Yeah, media is totally different, though. Like, yeah, I mean, I always point out if, if Russia could do what they did in an election using an American-made platform, Facebook, <laughs> imagine what the Chinese can do to us when they have full control of a platform that majority of Mer American is using and they have the data screw the data just imagine what they can do controlling the algorithm when election time come anything they they they, they could use TikTok to create chaos amongst ourselves here in the country and that's all they need and um i, I mean I like the platform, but I could see the concern that they are, that Congress have. That's all. I could see the concern. That's it. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you, Dre. Anybody else? See, this hey, woman done everyone. left her, this woman done left her accent with me. Gone ahead now, uh, Alpha. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Dre. Yeah, sorry. Um, I agree with Dre. Uh, can I hear him? I read yeah, man. Go right ahead. Yeah, I agree with Dre. On the first video I play, mm -hmm. um, the, the other, uh, well, yes, you know, yesterday, day before yesterday, when we see some little clips on YouTube or the interview and some stuff, because uh, I didn't know that even though you don't use TikTok, you don't have the app and none of that, mm -hmm. it's it, it, going on other website, TikTok still get the data. I was like, damn, <laughs> you know what I mean? So them, them still collect the data, even though you don't, you have never, you don't have an account with TikTok, none of that stuff. So knowing that, um and knowing that and other ways of them call it data um the data and all that stuff that is what america is mostly um worried about um the data and it, as you can i, I think the middle asked him the, the ceo if um the, uh for come to some ground by them taking over uh something another or sharing some kind of information some, something like that so it, it's uh to, for the us it's all about um having the amount of data that TikTok um is able to 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 to, to have um you know what i mean ka, ka, it's a security thing as well uh, amongst other stuff same like what cdc actually uh, buy up um people um people data to see <laughs> who actually are how how many people actually comply with the whole lockdown and stuff like that you know what i mean so they can use it in, in you know what you want to say well i can but uh, yeah yeah, yeah, because yeah. It, yeah, because about them social credit system and all these things, and uh, I mean, as I hear about the world, but um, the, the, these people, people from the uh, our ent evil entities, whatever, from the WEF, uh, World Economic Forum, all them are talking about collecting people data and stuff like that, and having people comply, you know, and as I must say, CDC by how many 
millions of people have data to see who and how people actually comply during the lockdown. U.S. are just um, the Congress, the White House, whatever the hell, Capitol Hill, they much try for, for, for gain access to all these data so that they can be the one in control. So, so mm. mom, mom actually, yeah. So, it's <laughs> so they want to control us and nobody else. There you go. Okay. So that's all it is. I don't yeah, want to be, contro- yeah, but I don't want to be controlled by anybody. Understood, but you can't have the enemies controlling the so, data. The Drake, citizens Drake. always keep in the back of your head when Drake. you're dealing with Chinese. Any just in the back of your head, don't say you cannot deal with them or whatever. But when you're dealing with the Chinese and you're dealing with Russians, always keep in the back of your head these are actually our enemies, so we have to deal with them with caution. Can't say you can't have TikTok, but. With, with with a platform that has so much power and its media, the Dre, U.S. needs to have a stake in it. Dre. I want to ask you a question, Dre. I really want to ask you a question. Hey, when, yo, you, when you walk into any store, made in where? I mean, those oh, are clothes. Hold, yeah, hold on, stuff. hold on. But it's made where? So Taiwan, we are... Sus- okay, Mexico. how much are we in debt to China? How much do we owe China? U.S. behaving like Jamaicans. You owe them money and they might cost you out the same way. That's how we behaving. I, and again, I say I understand the security concerns, Dre. But are they doing anything worse than what the U.S. is doing? Let's be real about it. We don't know yet. We don't know what, uh, we don't know what uh, capability they, well, we know the capability they have. But we don't know yet the damage that they can do. We see the damage that the Russian did with just meddling in an election. On the request of the the president then? Have someone that is in favor to them in power. And then here come January the 6th. American killing themselves trying to overthrow the the government. (laughs) That's how powerful social media is and it's all started from facebook and this is an american platform and the enemy infiltrated so imagine when the enemy have a platform like tiktok they could do yeah. anything to us that's all i'm saying like I, I see the concern yeah and i just think that we should just have a stake in it to know what the hell is going on we can't be blind to what What's they are doing on? they are an enemy Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Go ahead, naturalist. Go ahead, naturalist. James, well, I, hold on. Go ahead, naturalist. I don't I don't really buy this as a security concern. <laughs> I think it's more economic. Uh, if you think about it, um, the American companies, have, they have lost a lot of their, their quote-unquote customers um, to TikTok. The last Chinese company that America also went and banned on the ground of security was Huawei. Why? Because Huawei became the number one phone uh, manufacturing the world and um, we had to break their back now imagine the rest of the world use the same logic that america is using because it is for security concerns um how many countries of china invaded dropped bombs on um <laughs> overthrow their, their their leaders and all these things in the past say let's just say 20 years compared to what the u.s have done so if you think about it the usa is a better is a bigger threat than that than, than China is, but to me, I think it's all is all economics. And I'm going to support you with that, naturalist. Yeah, I'll land right there. I'm gonna support you. You know why? Nineteen billion dollars from Meta. 
paid out to these congressmen. I rest my case. Go ahead, anybody else? Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's a mixture of both, like <clears throat> economy and security. And I see the, the security concerns, but what I'm seeing also is that it it look like hypocritical if it's just like an America and China back and forth. Because the reality is that um, in India, like a lot of people um, in India uses um, Facebook, they use WhatsApp. Um, India could have the claim that those information, America would have access to um, people in India, would have access to their information. Same thing in Canada. Like, you know, so why not make it like a global fix where each jurisdiction would have some type of um, database that all of these information that's been collected would, would stay in the country. Like how you have franchises, like you have, for example, the McDonald's franchise. All over the world, wherever you go, there, there are different types of McDonald's and different head office and stuff set up. So there's a Facebook head office in, in, in Canada set up like a, a, um, a system there where like all of the data collected from Canada, even though I don't know why they're collecting our personal information. <laughs> Facebook is doing it. Same mm -hmm. thing like I, what, the, what the lady said, like I'm talking about cars to my wife mm -hmm. and cars just pop up on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So all of them are doing something wrong. But if, if China, if America have security concern of China, they should realize that India have security concern of them. Like Canada would have security concerns. So just make it a global fix. And it's not just between the two countries because America is doing the same thing. They're influencing elections, right? It's, it's in America's best interest if Justin Trudeau stays in, 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 in power in Canada. Everybody knows that. And, you know, they can use Facebook and get information. They can do the same thing that they're accusing China of. So just make it a global fix. If you want to go across borders and operate in, in, in different jurisdictions, the head office, the Google head office, the, the, the Facebook head office, the Twitter, that's set up in every country, have like a storage system where all information is stored there and it can't get into um international government hands and stuff like that fix it fix it for everybody not just america and china that would so that just, would be more reasonable it does thank you thank you go ahead donna teeth not like a ct for the long bag who said that but um bojo <laughs> <laughs> What you're saying, in theory, some utopianistic. So when um, I collect that information and I store it in America, wherever, uh, when the U.S. government need access to it or the Chinese government need access to whatever they have in China or wherever it's stored, would you will tell them no? So if the U.S. government need access to something that is stored in a, a server in China, they can't get it? Or if the U.S. government need China, all the information related to China stored on the server in the U.S., do they have access to it? How do you really regulate that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but Donald, remember, that's how it was before. Remember, okay, remember back in the days, like 20 years ago. Go back to 20 years ago when, like, NYPD and those um, places, like, they, they would have to go to, like, the court, get, like, um, go to the court system to get like a ping, a ping from a, a cell tower to solve a murder case. They couldn't just walk into the like um, Verizon or any of those and say like, okay, 
um, we need access to, to this um, cell phone to see like if this person that's um, suspected of a murder was in this area when the murder committed was committed and they would have to get they would have to go to a, a system to get it no you don't have to do you don't have to do anything they have access to everything so like if if there's like some terrorist attack or there's some war crime or whatever there can be special arrangement that's made to say like okay can we stretch across america as a chinese official and get certain information stuff like that but like people personal information your address what you like if you like if you if you log on to porn hub um them can stay and say okay that, this person like porn let me send them some porn if you log on to car they, they can say like okay let me send this so all of those information should stay in the in the country like if it's other information that um to solve certain war crime or anything like that then they could have access to it different governments that would not happen because the information you're talking about is too valuable as naturally say it's all about money and nobody's going to give it up. It will, this would be a perennial fight. <laughs> Listen, <clears throat> excuse me. You know what's interesting is that we're all here talking. And <laughs> they know how to rile us up. They know exactly what to project to us. To buy us. So that we can be invested. And all it is, is to protect their financial interests, if you ask me. So Zuckerberg has donated $19 billion. He has lost a lot of revenue since COVID with TikTok. Let's 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 be frank for a second. You scroll through Instagram after five minutes, you're bored. As to Facebook, I even locked down my Facebook account anyway. Who who uses Facebook much anymore? Hmm? Even grandmas are on TikTok with their accounts, hundreds of thousands of followers. <laughs> grandmas and they're dancing and they're you know people in their nursing homes doing their thing and yeah tiktok is where it's happening so they have lost a lot of ad revenue now nobody likes to lose money and so when you're losing money even the drug dealer you watch it in the movies they do this they they go back and they say come on now we gotta do something we gotta get it back and they will send their people out on the ground and with tainted drugs so that those people will start losing their business. It's all a game and we are falling for everything. Well, that's me. And security, everybody shudders at the thought of security. So it's an easy sell. Just like when Trump was campaigning. You're going to build a wall. Why are we going to build the wall? Because everybody coming across the border is a rapist and a murderer. And they're going to rape our wives and our daughters. Yeah, he, he here grabbing um, kitty cats. We have problems here. We have security problems right here in the U.S. that we're not addressing. See? Well, just pop up. We have issues. That we're not addressing. Three children dead 
after a, a shooting at a private Christian school in Nashville. That just happened. That just happened. But they're not going to talk about gun control up in Congress because, oh, God forbid you take money out of our pockets. Keep killing your damn selves. We're going to make it even easier for you to get your hands on guns. Right now, there is a push in the state of Florida. You don't even, you're not even going to need a permit. Just go buy a gun. But we're worried about TikTok. We have security issues right here. Right here. So, of course, Zuckerberg is losing ad revenue. So he is going to do what all lobbyists do. Pump money into the politicians who they can control. And the politicians who will make things happen. Clean house. We're sick of them. Every single one of them up there, they're like a prostitute for sale to the highest bidder. Oh, it's that time, folks. I got to wrap up. I'll be right back. Make it feel like I know it. I'll kind of way. La la la. I'll kind of way. Make it feel like I know Gotta give a big thank you to everyone logged on and listening on the Quality Music Zone and JanoRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> to 1 p.m. Eastern. Days After Dark returns next week, Monday, the 3rd of April. Can you believe it? We are, yeah, we have finished three months already. 10 p.m. Eastern. To my listeners online, please be safe. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. This is Moments with me, signing out. Clubhouse, I'll be right back with you. Don't tell you already.